0: we are live what is going on everybody this is the xbox 2 podcast i am one of your hosts randall thor 19 the man with the million and with me who has survived this trek up to the mountains and has discovered <laughs> no xbox news no. the one the only jez Corden of windows central what's going on
1: hey man it's uh it's interesting to be here on a monday it's uh, not uh, so so regular. I think we've only done this like once or twice yeah. in the past, right? A couple um, times. A couple so, times. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's cool and fun and interesting. But... but yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. I actually had altitude sickness yesterday and this morning, <laughs> so that was an interesting experience. But uh, I've I've uh, slipped it off now. Um, I I don't recommend getting altitude sickness, frankly. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't so bad. But yeah, I trekked up to the mountain. I went to the Zugspitze, which is Germany's highest mountain. And I was seeking Xbox news. Alas, there was none up there. Just snow and uh, interesting birds that had no fear of humans. So that was cool. But made it back to the, the hot seat. And uh, that's why we didn't podcast on Friday. Because I was preparing to go on this trek and um, survived. And But I thought, you know... There's enough stuff to discuss, and I wanted to talk about it with you. Yes. So I was like, yeah, let's let's try doing a Monday show. Well, like, because you know, I was
0: because because normally I'll be like, are we on for a podcast tomorrow? And Jez will be like, yeah, uh, or he'll be like, no, can't Saturday. And then uh, sometimes I'll be like, I can't do it Friday. We'll do a Saturday. Uh, and then Jez was, you know, we had canceled uh, a couple weeks ago, and then you you brought it up out of nowhere. You're like, can't do the show this week, going on vacation up a mountain. I'm like, huh. <laughs> And then uh and then we announced that we weren't doing a show this last last week, and people were like, Does this mean Xbox Two is cancelled forever? Is this <laughs> is this the last episode? And they were like, no. And then you were like, let's just do a show on Monday, uh, to make up for you know not doing it. And we're still gonna be doing a show this Friday. Hopefully there'll be some yep. ex- Hopefully the Xbox news follows Jez down the mountain and <laughs> we can talk about some actual com- confirmed things. But, um, yeah, so that's why we're doing the show on Monday, uh, because we just, I I didn't feel right canceling two episodes in a month, even though there's really not like the largest gaming stuff to talk about. Uh, I hate, I hate missing, but before we get into all that, Jez, is, uh, Xbox two powered by anything this
1: week? We are indeed Rand once again, Howard. By Manscaped. You know, Rand, when I was climbing up the mountain the other day, uh, I was thinking about the fact that, like, it's pretty chilly up here, you know? It's pretty damn chilly. Because, you know, Manscaped products are pretty close when it comes to shaving those balls, Rand. Mm-hmm. And I could have used some extra fur up there when I was 3,000 meters above sea level. But damn, I did feel quite comfortable while I was up there. I have to say, using my lawnmower trimmer 4.0 and various other Manscaped products from Manscaped.com to keep my jewels shiny and sexy. (laughs) You too can have shiny and sexy balls, Rand, with the code XB2. That's XB and the number two in the checkout on Manscaped.com. Who are sponsoring this week's show and probably next week's show and maybe even the show after that so thanks a ton to manscape.com for sponsoring this video and uh our future ones as well and everyone there if you, if you head over there and help support us on our channel and we vastly appreciate you guys checking out manscape
0: you know you shared a tweet with me the other day from someone who bought what 10 boxers using the the code xp2 and yes. <laughs> you've been because go- it 's not just it's just it 's not just the the lawnmower products you know it 's not just like getting your ball shaved for your girlfriend or your boyfriend right it 's not just it 's not, it's not just that they have other products as well, and you 've been going on and on about how the boxers are like the best ever and I love the boxers you love the, boxer the boxers, but then I saw a tweet for someone who said he bought like ten of them, and he 's been <laughs> using them for a while, and he agrees with you. That they are the best underwear, undergarment a man <laughs> can use. So if you're not interested in grooming your balls, maybe you're interested in trying out a new pair of boxers, head over to Manscaped. Check out code XB2, 20% off, free shipping. And you maybe, maybe you'll like it, you know what I mean?
1: Indeed, indeed. But yeah, Manscaped have been really good to the show, and you guys supporting us through Manscaped has been really awesome as well, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. But Rand, we've got some news to get into now. Some Xboxy news, kind of light news, you know, and also some uh, some tech news in the the Twitter sphere. Twitter's just uh, just being acquired for forty three yeah. billion dollars by Mr. Musk of uh, crypto and Tesla fame.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about absolutely. this What's your... it's,
1: it's interesting it's interesting you know uh, i'm not i'm not fre- freaking out and panicking like some people are you know some people are like oh my god it's the end of twitter and stuff like that and there are rumors he wants to add a paywall to it like i saw some journalists tweeting that out but like twitter already has like a premium mode so maybe maybe he just wants to expand that i always kind of felt twitter's twitter's like I agree with Elon when he says that Twitter has unlocked potential. Because I feel like Twitter's, Twitter's biggest issue was always that they didn't know how to develop new features. Like, they literally had TikTok in the palm of their hands in Vine. And uh, they did nothing with it. You know, they literally had TikTok and they, they flubbed it. That Twitter could have TikTok right now. And because they were like so, so stuck on this idea that video should only be six seconds long for whatever reason. I mean, maybe maybe they did it for bandwidth or, or they didn't want to invest in servers or something. But, like, the, the, you couldn't really do much with six seconds worth of video with Vine. So, like, I feel like if Elon Musk was running the show, maybe you would have had the forethought to be like, yeah, maybe we can make these a bit longer, you know, get them out to a minute or two minutes or however long TikTok is. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it, I suppose. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of Twitter. Obviously, I built my whole damn career through Twitter. So... We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see where it goes, but you're not a huge Twitter guy though. Really.
0: No, 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 I'm not a huge Twitter guy. It doesn't really particularly matter to me. I mean, I would like for there not to be a paywall cuz I do like looking at Twitter here and there. Um so yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe 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 this will get me out of my uh my uh social media uh basically i wouldn't call it a funk but like i don't really use twitter that much you know and you always push me to use social media more but
1: i just like here's the
0: thing between me and jazz jazz will tweet out like whatever he's thinking whatever dumb thing he's thinking whatever stupid picture he finds like beans and donuts (laughs) or beans and whatever the hell it is and i sit there I sit Beatles? there I'm just I'm just say I sit there and I'm like does anybody want to even hear my inner thoughts like I don't really have anything to say that I think people would want to I don't know like or retweet so I just I just don't say anything like I, you're just out here talking about whatever comes to your head you're just like you're just going <laughs> to you're just going to you got diarrhea of the mouth of Twitter basically
1: yeah diarrhea of the mind yeah yeah it I is. I I love it man I lo- I love posting the beans and seeing all the reactions because yeah. you know you, you want to know the truth Rand? What? what I can't eat beans really I can't eat beans anymore like why what, what like people who l- listen to the show for a while they remember i had like all these stomach problems yeah. last year yeah what well, one of the things i can't eat anymore is, is beans any kind of beans I can't eat like i can't eat um i can't eat uh like baked beans or even like cocoa beans or runner beans or any kind of beans I don't know why i don't know why i <laughs> don't but so because I suffer by not being able to eat beans, which is a cornerstone of a British diet, I have to punish everyone else with all my beans pictures, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, while everybody kind of, uh, moseys on in, we got a lot of topics to talk about. Can you guys do us a big favor? Make sure you hit that like button. Let's try to get it up to, uh, I don't know, 500 likes before the end of the show would be pretty rad. Uh, please share this out, uh, wherever you share things, Facebook, Twitter, um, let people know that the show is live on a Monday. You know, normally we don't do the show on Mondays. So I'm sure a lot of people are probably going to say, I didn't know you guys did a show on Monday. YouTube never gave me no notification. And it's like, yeah, YouTube sucks like that. Although I guess it's some, our fault for doing the show on Monday, but you know, we felt like we had to do it. Uh, I got a couple of super chats here. I want to read out, uh, outbreak podcast. Thank you for being here, buddy. He says, thanks Rand for your awesome interview. That's right. A couple of weeks ago, I did a interview with Outbreak Podcast, um, nice. basically talking about myself, and I feel odd, uh, weird talking about myself uh, so much, but yeah, I was basically trying to under like getting to know the you know uh, the the you know who I really am, I suppose you know. So it was interesting doing the podcast with them. So you know, thanks for inviting me, and you know, guys, go check it out if you want to learn more about Randall Thor nineteen. Um, Drawn TJ says, Hi, Rand and Jez. What's going on, Jeron? Hope you're having a good day. Hope everybody is having a really good Monday. You know, it would be a great, a great, uh, gift would be Xbox news. I thought you were going to come down to the mountain bearing, bearing gifts of all the <laughs> things that Xbox, you know, uh, like new things that Xbox was going to announce. And there's this undercurrent of, um, people were, people were sure something was going to be announced today. In fact, I saw people saying that, well, Rand and Jez are doing their podcast on Monday. They must know something's going on. What do you got to say to that, Jez?
1: Man, I, it's just a coincidence. Like, people thought I was teasing stuff when I was going up the mountain saying, like, I'm looking for Xbox news up here. I was just, I was just memeing the fact there hasn't been any news. Like, I traveled to the end of the earth and there's still no news, you know. It's, it's I of climbed a, a mountain a
0: to find some news and ain't nothing. There's nothing.
1: You know so i wasn't teasing anything but you know th- there's always there's always whispers and stuff but you know when it comes to like substantiated like good stuff i still still digging you know yeah. um i you you mentioned that some people were expecting some news today um i don't know i'm sure there will be some news this week but will it be big news will it be a big deal i i don't know but there was some interesting information being thrown out there about Halo. Mm-hmm. Also, like, uh, Blizzards. Blizzard's doing a lot of stuff recently out of the blue. After, like, I don't know, it felt like Blizzard had a whole year where it was just bad news, negative news, and the lawsuit, and the people getting fired for being abusive and all that stuff. But it feels like Blizzard's getting back into Tomojo now. There's like lots of positive lizard news coming out lately. You know, Diablo Immortals coming to PC. And if it's coming to PC with crossplay, that's the reason it's almost definitely gonna come to console. Especially if they join Xbox. You know, uh, new Warcraft expansion, which I know nobody but me cares about on the show. New and, no uh,
0: warcraft expansion and them saying no to no Xbox port too.
1: Yeah, new Warcraft expansion, but no console port. Even though there is, there's a mod called Console Port for, for Warcraft, which lets you play it with an Xbox controller. I'm probably going to do an article about that this week or next week. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's all fun games. Have you been playing anything lately, Ryan? We used to do this we, whole uh, segment like what I've been playing this week, but we haven't done it for a while. Well,
0: so I mean, really. you know, we did when we were playing Elden Ring, but chat got upset at us for always talking about Elden Ring for so long remember it was like yeah we're playing elder ring and they played sifu i've been playing some nba 2k 22 with dealer uh fonzarelli cody's Eastwood, gaming forte uh mav uh it's been a lot of fun um but yeah uh what else i play a little bit Fortnite, uh no build mode Uh, it's it's all right Uh, i can see why people like it what
1: not a, not a fan, no build, no. Eh, uh, not really. No, I, I, I saw think it's a lot of people who, of um, a lot of people who didn't like it before now seem to like it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, for those of the people probably like, liked the game and just hated the building, so now they're like, well, there's no building, so the game's great. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's nothing really interesting uh, that's caught my attention. I'm just kind of waiting for the bigger games to come out, like you know, Starfield and Starfield. God of War Ragnarok, day. which. You know, there's been a lot of debate about whether or not God of War Ragnarok is going to coming out this year, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The four year anniversary just passed. Yeah, they didn't mention anything about a release date. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, I, I think God of War is coming this year. I think you're probably looking for a September release, more than likely. Um, I, f- I, f- yeah. I, I feel like Sony Santa Monica is confident that they'll hit it. Um, but I wonder how cautious Sony's going to be after seems like horizon didn't really set the world on fire because elden ring was just Elden ring just like sucked all the air, all the air out of the room and there was nothing left for anything. Although I wonder if that means maybe they should, uh, do speed up the process of day one PC games, you know, Mm. because like a lot of people thought or a lot of people think that, um, and this will tie into one of our segments. We'll, we'll get into a little bit, but, that uh, putting Xbox putting their games on PC is a detriment to the console ecosystem, right?
1: Mm. That,
0: oh, you don't need to buy an Xbox to experience Xbox games. And that is true. Like, if you want to play everything that Xbox has, you can play it on your PC. You don't have to buy an Xbox console. Um, But it definitely seems like people want to play on the Xbox consoles. And that people actually do desire the Xbox Series S. You know, that little small console that Microsoft made that a lot of people in the games media was like, who wants this? Nobody's going to buy yeah. this. Well, a lot of those people are eating their words at this point. So yes. I honestly don't think putting your games day one on PC affects really anything. In fact, I think it only increases the visibility of your games. Right? Yeah. You have like Forza Horizon Five almost at twenty million after a couple months. You know, Halo Infinite at twenty million. Which, yeah, I mean, it probably could have done better on PC, but without a battle royale, you know, probably tapped out its audience. But when mm. Starfield comes out this fall, Starfield is going to be absolutely massive, and that's because of the synergy between launching on console and launching on PC day one. Where you have these huge platforms and you can tap into each one and they kind of like they they kind of bounce back and forth out of one another. Everyone's playing it on PC, everyone's playing on Xbox, everyone's playing on Game Pass. Everybody sees you're playing it on PC or sees you playing it on an Xbox and then they get FOMO and they wanna play it. So I actually do kind of think it's to Sony's detriment a little bit that they're not embracing day one PC. It seems like they're getting closer to uh releasing, uh, you know, day and date, I, I did see that it would leak the Uncharted collection is
1: coming out in June, which would be like I a, um, a five-month window. I would bet money. Oh, sorry, go on. Well, I was just, I was I just w- saying, I would I would bet money that PlayStation is just finalizing the dev pipeline for PC launches. Yeah, probably. It's going to happen. Because I, I re- just cause if, when. Yeah, are we are be
0: talking yet. about it a little bit, but, like, if you guys haven't seen... NPD released their results and Xbox had their best March since 2011 in an era where you don't need an Xbox console to play Xbox games in an era where there isn't even any first party games out from Xbox and they're doing better than they ever have before. So explain that to me when you don't even need a console, but yet they're selling more than the 360, and they're selling more than the Xbox one. Like, you got to think about that, but anyways, uh, Flame, who's been a member for eleven months, says, "Jez, you got pranked, bro. They sent you to a mountain for Xbox news while Blizzard <laughs> prepped the Diablo
1: Mortal to PC news." hashtag <laughs> Out of season April well, Fool's
0: joke. Wow,
1: well, I actually knew about that beforehand, and mm. I actually said, "I actually said to my team, don't cover this because I'm going to have it prepared for when it gets announced." But because I had altitude sickness i slept through all my alarms and didn't cover it <laughs> so i actually ended up not getting the news out on time uh, thankfully samuel tarbert from my team jumped on that very very quickly when he noticed that i was still asleep mm. so shout out to samuel for that but yeah diablo more coming to pc which is really funny when you think about the memes don't you guys have phones when they announced mm. it everyone was mad that it wasn't coming to pc or uh, or anything except for mobile devices and then Blizzard's gone and uh, pulled the 180 and now they're doing a it, simultaneous launch on PC it, and mobile which is great news. It seems
0: to me that people are actually anticipating Diablo, Mor- Diablo Immortal at this point where people were making fun of it before. Like, you know, when the guy was yeah. like is this an out of out of, you know, season April Fools joke. It seems like people are honest to god anticipating playing Diablo Immortal. What what a change.
1: Dude, I knew from day one that Diablo more was going to be huge. Like there was this all this whole meme about it being like, oh my god, how dare you announce this? Because everyone was waiting for Diablo Four. They wanted Diablo Four, they wanted the return to the Dark Art style. They they're Diablo Four and Blizzard didn't give it to them. So that's where a lot of that comes from. Um but I knew that everyone was going to play Diablo more. And I knew it was going to be huge. I knew it was going to be huge in Asia. And obviously, it's being developed by Tencent um, or well, NetEase. I can't remember. It's it's Tencent and NetEase, one of them. And, um, and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of Diablo clones that are just massive on mobile already. So it was obvious. You know, you bring the original Diablo to mobile. Of course, it's going to be massive, you know. And then it went into beta and I played it and it's actually really good. It's like it's a really fun game. It's got a really cool combat system that works really well with touch and I'm playing it on like a big phone like the Galaxy Fold. It just feels great to play, you know. So uh, even then I was just like yeah, I know this is going to be a huge deal. But bringing it to PC and most likely console with cross play and cross progression, which is what they've announced at least for PC that it has cross play and cross progression. Um it stands to reason that it'll come to Xbox as well in the future, especially with Xbox trying to buy the company. And it'll be a really good sort of casual free-to-play kind of option that'll sit alongside Diablo 4. It won't, it won't cannibalize Diablo 4 because Diablo 4, I think, is going to be ultimately a different experience. It's going to be sort of, I don't know. Diablo 4 is going to be the sort of more hardcore experience, the deeper experience, uh, more story-driven experience. Whereas Diablo More is going to be sort of like rapid-fire jump on for like... Like the levels are like five minutes long. You know, you play it on a phone casual sort of game it's probably going to have like microtransactions all over the shop and you know they'll they'll use the money from that to finance the games that the core fans want you know so i'm i'm cool with it the fact that we're getting both is good in my view and you know i've actually seen Diablo 4 Mm. uh, gameplay and um i mean
0: i think hasn't everybody seen Diablo 4 gameplay yeah, but, like,
1: unofficial... I've seen more recent. Ah, I've okay. seen more recent gameplay. So, like, Diablo 4 is, like, um, it just looks incredible. It just, like, it's an, it's a game that I never thought Blizzard would make. Like, the photorealism and stuff like that. Truth Teller says, do you know if Diablo 4 is coming to Xbox? Yeah, it's it's announced for consoles. It's now for PlayStation and Xbox. And um, it just looks incredible. It looks absolutely amazing. You know, as a Diablo fan who, like, you know, wants it to be... More of a a gothic experience. A less of a sort of cartoony experience, man. It just it just looks like a dream sort of action RPG. So I'm really hyped for that. But it does feel like Blizzard's getting its mojo back lately. You know. They've they've you know the Overwatch 2 batter goes live tomorrow and the when they announced that they crashed the whole website because of people trying to sign up to it. Dabbler Mort coming to PC. They announced Warcraft expansion. Dabbler 4 looks great. And um I just got loads of stuff coming down the pipeline and all that's going to be feeding into Xbox. Xbox's, you know, revenue, presumably by next year, hopefully. And, um, yeah, future man. Yeah. I'm happy as a Blizzard fan.
0: Well, uh, CJad93 in the Super Chat says, hey, Rand uh, Ran and Jez, Jez, how's the weight loss program going? Not heard an update in a while. Have a great show.
1: Thank you so much for the support and, uh, my weight loss is sort of stalled. It's sort of like, I haven't really been trying that hard. I haven't gained weight, but I haven't lost weight. So it's sort of like evened out. Um, But when I go to England at the end of this month, I'm gonna try and ramp it up again. I don't know why I find it easier to diet in England. I don't know why I find it easier to diet in England than I do in Germany. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I think it's because England lists the calories more clearly on their packaging, partially, which lets me be a bit more lazy with it. But I don't know. But I haven't gained weight. That's the main thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, haven't, I haven't gone up. Uh, yeah. Thank you to the other John Christ for the super chat. Uh, Hero says, wait, where's Randall Cam? Elon Musk should buy you. Well, you know, I'm for sale, Elon. Um, you know, <laughs> spend some money on I me and I- I'll go on camera. I already told people want to go on camera, so... You know? yeah hundred thousand subs We just that milestone uh this podcast will definitely uh be on i'll we'll we'll have to have sean lebrie make like a new background uh and then you guys will be like wait a minute go off camera we enjoyed it before so uh that's that's <laughs> exactly what's gonna happen um let's see here what else we got uh b c says uh jack equals block Head Elon equals Techno King. Phil equals Game Boy. Nick equals Shrimp Crane. Activision Blizz deal was more than Twitter equals Mind Blown. Yeah, it was more than yeah. Twitter, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, you have been it. demonetized. Says, this is the first time in months I've actually caught the show live, so I thought I'd be the one guy per episode who asks about Scalebound. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, I was actually, I, I,
1: sorry, go on.
0: I was on Xbox Era this past weekend with the guys, John and Nick. And uh, somebody super chatted that too, basically being like, Well, Rand's here, so here's a super chat about scalebound. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I was actually I was actually thinking about Scalebound because one of the features Blizzard has announced for the next whale expansion is literally lifted from Scalebound. The whole like train your dragon thing, mm. customizable dragon, you can level up and they're adding like a bunch of new features to the flying system. So it like, you know, it's less like swimming in the air. And I was thinking, man, this literally looks like Scalbound. <laughs> so maybe Xbox will get scalbound in some form one day when the if the Activision deal closes, but that's kind of funny. Uh TB who's been a member for
0: seven months says beans, beans the musical fruit. The more Jez eats, the more he toots. You guys yeah. are ace. Uh <laughs> the other John Christ says Monday is why I can catch you live for the first time. Yeah, we normally don't do shows on Monday. So anybody yeah. who's here for the first time live uh, hello make sure you say something in chat you don't don't need to lurk but hey if you lurk I'll more power to you because i usually lurk on shows i watch i don't really say anything uh just do us a big favor and hit that like button uh because that is uh really important uh John tj says hey guys question do you uh who do you think gets ubisoft i can see sony getting them or do you think they're trying to get their stocks up do you think microsoft gets them actively after the activision deal or no Okay, so this is a topic, so l- screw it. Let's just, let's just get into it, Jez, right? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, came out earlier this week, report from Bloomberg, and then I think expounded upon by Kotaku or whatever, but basically that there are some private equity firms uh, exploring uh, potential buyout of Ubisoft. Now, it's not really confirmed whether or not, like, Giz Guillermo, or what, however you say his last name, if they're actually willing to sell but it definitely seems like parts of ubisoft want out and that should be no surprise because ubisoft hasn't been doing the greatest recently i think their stock price is down as we know uh if you got a if you got a video comp, video game company this is the time to sell because you probably value you probably be valued at the highest you're ever going to be uh with everything that's you know you got embracer buying everybody You got Microsoft acquiring all these companies recently, Activision Blizzard. Sony's out here buying stuff. So uh, Tencent's always on the lookout, right? Uh, So yeah, it came up that Ubisoft was potentially a buyout interest. No mention of Sony or Microsoft, just a couple private equity firms. So of course, you know, I got DMs about it. I'm sure you were asked questions about it. So what do you think? Ubisoft, the target for Xbox, for PlayStation, Uh, would you want Xbox to acquire Ubisoft? Um, What are your thoughts on all this?
1: I think anyone listening to this show over the last six months (laughs) or more knows damn well that I don't want Microsoft to waste its money on Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft has a lot of great IP, but as a company, they've become creatively bankrupt like a lot of, a lot of their games just copy copy and paste of the last game they've completely run out of ideas they basically borrow from other other genres while they sort of flounder trying to figure out how to justify their existence frankly, like you know even like Assassin's Creed Origins, which is a really great game, they literally just co-opted the Witcher three I and mean, let's let's just be completely honest. And yeah, Ubisoft pioneered a lot of this open world gameplay with the horse in Assassin's Creed 1 and stuff like that. But that was a long-ass time ago. But Ubisoft has not innovated for the longest time, and it's really starting to grind down all of their brands, grind down their company in general. And it's, you know, it's I have no idea why. They can't seem to do any innovation or come up with any original ideas. It's really strange. Um, but anyway, or take any risks, you know. When's the last time Ubisoft made a risky game? Like, I can't even remember. I mean, I don't know. They got
0: got seven free-to-play games in development or something. They got, like, uh, X-Defiant, which is like a Call of Duty shooter. They just announced Project Q. Uh, They got, like, Division Heartlands. They got a whole bunch of sort of free-to-play slash Battle Royale games in development alongside their bigger, you know, franchises. But the report also said that the next assassins creed, the next far cry and the next I forget what the other franchise was are are longer off or ways off I guess. So Yeah. We all knew Jazz was not going to be
1: a fan of Ubisoft buyout.
0: <laughs> no. So.
1: But like uh, I don't know. I just I think the fact that someone's looking to buy them out is kind of like some companies have sort of sussed that. Yeah they've got a lot of ip that's recognizable like splinter cell and stuff like that and there probably is some potential that they could make something out of their their properties because some of their properties are recognizable like assassin's creed and stuff like that and um they're just not being they're not really doing anything really exciting with them anymore um so maybe someone thinks like we can do a better job of this and um, Ubisoft can't seem to hire the right people that can build their company creatively or whatever. I mean, Ubisoft had its own scandal too, like blizzard Desk that a lot of people have forgotten about now. And they cleaned house. And um, I don't know. They've just sort of become boring. I don't know. I mean, they're always kind of boring. But now they're like hyper-boring in an age where you can't really be boring anymore. So... It's no wonder they're looking to exit. I mean, the, the industries in general are t- always talking about this thing called the Great Resignation. I don't know if you've heard of this Rand. Have yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of it. In,
0: I've heard of it in relation to Ubisoft.
1: Yeah, like even Microsoft's going through it. Like a lo- after the pandemic, a load of people are reevaluating their careers, what they want to do, and you know changing their lives and changing their lifestyles and stuff like that and like people are you know it's it's affecting microsoft too and pretty much all tech companies where that people are just like leaving joining other companies amazon as well they've got this whole great resignation thing as well and i've read an article about google not being able to retain anyone and um because people you know they're they're changing their priorities in a in a sort of in a world where everything's screwed up, and I'm sure that's true of people like the CEO of Ubisoft and the 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 CEOs of Twitter and the boards and stuff. And they're just like, well, you know, we're done with this now. You know, let's do, try something else and try something new. So you're seeing the companies uh, resigning as well, <laughs> and um, you know, they're all trying to exit and get out because the world's in chaos right now, and they think like. You know, the, now's the time to exit and maybe build a bunker or something. <laughs> I don't know. So um Ubisoft ain't going to be the last. Like, I would not be surprised if we see Take-Two eventually go up for sale. And, you know, some, some companies try and make money out of this as well. Because it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty and chaos in the world right now. And for companies that don't want to deal with the uncertainty and the chaos and the upheaval... They'd probably rather just exit, you know? And um that's where we're seeing like companies like Activision exit and we're seeing Ubisoft probably exit and stuff like that, because there is so much chaos and they don't know how to navigate it. Technology moves so damn fast, like it's hard to keep up with that sort of stuff. And because the Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo are becoming increasingly sort of platform oriented and they're sort of decreasingly looking at third party support to to grow their platforms, like they've got to be thinking like you know ea cited ea blamed halo infinite for the failure of battlefield 2042 um so like and that's only going to get worse you know if 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 first parties are in, investing increasingly in content that they build themselves that's they're increasing competition from third parties as well and microsoft really took the gloves off and put the gas on that you know And sony as well i guess where they're like yeah we can't rely on third parties to grow our platforms anymore we're gonna have to sort of go all in because you know they've got they've got big tech companies consolidating and sort of creating this sort of scenario where they have to work harder to compete and acquire users and mobile is a part of that upset and that upheaval so it's not surprising you know but you know with chaos comes opportunity and you know we've seen some smaller publishers do really well like devolver digital for example and they're finding that in the in the niche left by as ea and ubisoft trace chase service games devolver digital have just come in like well we're gonna we're gonna support people who don't want service games you know and they're making a lot of good money doing it hopefully so it's an interesting time in the gaming industry and um i don't think this is the last we're gonna see of acquisitions and shit
0: There were rumors last year that Ubisoft was silently shopping themselves around. Um, Yeah. So it's not a surprise to see this come out. I think some people are surprised that Microsoft and Sony aren't mentioned. But I'm not surprised because I don't... I think Microsoft will do their due diligence and look at everything that Ubisoft has to offer. You know, look at the books or whatever, see what they're worth. But... I don't think you be. I don't think Microsoft or Sony, for that matter, want to uh, try to integrate twenty thousand employees across like forty two worldwide studios.
1: No, and that, that sounds like a nightmare. I mean, Ubisoft's already one of the companies with the most overheads, and they're they're gonna be like, well, Ubisoft be is also all of those overheads, and also the overheads from having to integrate them.
0: You know how most companies use outsourcing for their games, right? To to yeah. help out. Ubisoft is one of the few companies that don't. Uh, it's mostly all done in, in-house, and it's one of the reasons why they have 42 studios. So, I think if a private equity firm gets them, there's probably going to be like massive layoffs and restructuring, Um, which is why I, I don't think Xbox or PlayStation is interested in, in doing any of that, and probably why you don't see their names mentioned as interested parties, you know? Yeah. So... I know people love to go out there and be like, Ubisoft is next, PlayStation and Xbox. But I honestly don't think either one of them has any legitimate interest in buying Ubisoft.
1: If it's an equity firm, you have to presume that the the goal is not to make a game company. The goal is money. And like someone in chat, uh, Lanzo86 said, could Microsoft buy one studio for them? from them and that's possibly one route the equity firm could take is literally just to carve up the studios and ip and just sell it all for profit yeah i guess that's
0: but then you'd also sell the ips what's because the studio like what good is the assassin's creed studio without assassin's creed essentially right
1: well one of the well you mentioned an interesting point that they do a lot of their stuff in-house and they don't use support studios one of the issues some of the big studios have got right now is that they don't have access to support studios because with the pandemic uh, support studios that are set up to, you know, build games remotely—they became in massive demand, and because they're in massive demand, com- games like Halo and, you know, and Cyberpunk or whatever, they couldn't get access to those developers who could help them grow their games and stuff like that. So maybe there's a world where a lot of those studios become support studios and that's, that's where the business and the profit ends up being is supporting the, the main publisher platforms and maybe selling those studios on. Like I, we talked about last podcast, how we see um, certain affinity eventually joining Xbox because they are basically Halo's core support studio. They've also been supporting perfect dark from what I understand. And they've also obviously been supporting, um, uh, gears of war in the past i believe so you know that's that's one studio that makes a lot of sense to join and support and maybe the equity firms just be like maybe we can sell some of these teams to become support studios like some of ubisoft's teams have already become support studios anyway like i think red links who make the trials games they've been doing a lot of support recently if, if i remember right um so you know, there's a lot of opportunity there for the studio, I guess, from a support perspective. But this is exactly why I, I wouldn't want Xbox or you know any any of the platform holders to buy them. If I if I was like if I was a Sony fan, and I was looking at PlayStation dropping however many billions on Ubisoft, I'd be thinking, no, that's not that's not a good idea. Because they have no they have no ideas. They have no creative. They have no future. I feel like Ubisoft. That's what that's what would really worry me about acquiring Ubisoft as a platform holder. But there is value there in the studio. Obviously, they've got a lot of talented devs and whatever's stopping them from being creative, whether it's like, you know, people high up and they're like, you know, don't do this, that's too risky or, or whatever. You know, whatever's stopping them, um, be creative. Maybe that'll go away when they're acquired and they can find their footing. But, you know, they just haven't been creative and they're not a compelling st- purchase for me as a platform holder but I don't know maybe maybe Microsoft and Sony know something that I don't I'm yeah. sure they do on that level.
0: I mean I guess we'll find out I-, I can definitely see Ubisoft being sold off in the near future so question yeah. would be who is going to get them and what will they do with them once they have them so uh, yeah. Gold Shell says console port has a great Xbox UI it feels great uh, I don't think I've seen that one
1: John TJ says, when is the first is the, um, the Warcraft add on that lets you play with the country. Ah, Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, John TJ says, when is the first expansion comes out for Forza horizon five? Yeah. I think me me and you had talked about this, uh, not during a podcast, but we were just talking about stuff. Um, so normally the expansions for Forza horizon, usually one comes out in like March time, like at this point last year or this point in 2019, uh, I think it was Treasure Island was released for Forza Horizon 4. And then Lego Speedway was released during the um, uh, right after the Xbox Summer Showcase in mm. 2019. So we're already basically May. Uh, there isn't a Forza Horizon expansion yet. I would think the first announcement for it will be at the Summer Showcase probably run a trailer of some kind it wouldn't be surprised if it shadow drops around that day either you know what i mean yeah maybe maybe you know the the the, you know the pandemic has sort of shifted release dates normally they would aim for like right after release and then you know halfway you know during the year but then maybe it's kind of shifted and it's like the first one will be in june and then the, the the second one will be Basically, end of the year or maybe even next year, but yeah, I ex- I expect to see an announcement at the uh, summer showcase. Uh, well, super- the,
1: we talked uh, we talked earlier about the Great Resignation, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I know Microsoft is trying to do is sort of be really anti-crunch. You know, they they're trying really hard to avoid crunch or any accusation of crunch. So that might be a factor as well. Like just to speculate, I have no idea if that's the case or not. But you know, if there's anyone at Microsoft that wants to clarify the crunch culture at Microsoft or the lack thereof, please get in touch.
0: Well, I mean, there was the but- little note when we talk about Halo Infinite about pri- priority zero, about you know them putting the health of their team first. You know, because of the- because there's been a lot of um, people aren't happy with Halo Infinite Season Two's roadmap. No, they're not. Uh, but they are. 343 has come out and said our team's health is first and foremost and we're not crunching. So yeah. yeah. Uh supernova says hey, hello, everyone. Jez, after you climbed up the mountain, did you live the moment like a Death Stranding game? Shall we consider your new name Jez Porter Bridges?
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, I've uh I got a confession. I did absolutely zero climbing. There's just there's a train. There's a train that goes up there. <laughs> a train a, okay As a train yeah i took a train to the top of germany <laughs> you really think I, i'm healthy enough to climb that seriously but um but yeah it's all it's all good
0: uh chiefman I says i'm glad activision blizzard became available before ubisoft activision blizzard actually has games worth saving and talent on hand sorry not sorry you it's know right. i uh this question came up on Xbox era this past week, because I think Nick was like he'd rather have Ubisoft and Activision or whatever, <laughs> something like that. You know, Nick is Nick, Nick is Nick is weird when it comes to some of these things, right?
1: Nick, um, Nick, if you're listening, that is the worst take ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I was like, as a business, uh, as a business, if I'm Xbox, if I'm Microsoft, like Activision Blizzard makes a million times more sense than Ubisoft does right? Oh yeah. You got blizzard and everything they're doing on the PC side, which Xbox we we've heard. And we know that Xbox views PC is a, is a big growth opportunity, big growth market. Um, and you have a premier, maybe the premier PC developer, even though they've fallen on hard times and they weren't, they, they, they aren't what they once were, but you know, you've you're super excited about their future. And there's a possibility they can regain their stature as number one PC developer. And that will help, uh, Xbox, you know, realize their goals in the PC space. When you have Diablo four and overwatch two and the survival game that eventually will come out and Diablo immortal and all the other games that Diablo will make in the coming years. Right. And then you have King, which nobody talks about because nobody cares about mobile gaming here. Like, I'm not going to talk about it. Jez isn't going to talk about it. Nobody in chat's going to talk about it because none of us play Candy Crush or any of the games that King makes. But we knew Microsoft was especially keen on entering the mobile market. It's really hard, right? They tried it with some games. Those games failed. They didn't work. Uh, And that, like, mobile is is a pillar. I mean, mobile makes more money than consoles anyways. Like, you look at the mobile games, like, Mobile makes way more money. Better margins. Like, so you get King, you get a mobile presence. They're in countries that Xbox isn't in. It makes all the business sense of the world, but before you even add on Activision and call of duty and what it does and the money it brings in and microtransactions and everything like that. And all the studios that they have. So to me, it's like when you compare them, yeah, sure. Activision blizzard, $70 billion. And Ubisoft would have been, you know, maybe 10, 12, maybe at a high point, 15. But you get so much more with Activision Blizzard for the money than you do with Ubisoft. So if I were Microsoft and they both were available at the same time, I would have chosen Activision Blizzard every single time because they give you more. So,
1: yeah. And uh, I'm so excited about the future of Blizzard. I've become addicted to Hearthstone. That's how bad it is. I'm a mobile gamer now, man. Yeah, yeah. you've you been. Pl-
0: yeah, you, yeah, you've been playing Hearthstone, whatever. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they'll put that on Xbox if once the deal goes
1: through as well. I don't think so because Gwent was a massive flop on Xbox and console. They cancelled the the they cancelled the console version of Gwent completely. Like you yeah. can't get it anymore on the PlayStation or Xbox. Um, but man, I think they should bring Hearthstone to Nintendo Switch at the very least. That's, I, if it's not there already, it really should be there. I mean, it makes total sense on the Switch because the Switch has a touchscreen, right?
0: Yes. So uh, I think so.
1: Yeah. Actually, so, I don't know. I don't,
0: I've it. never used that. I, anytime I've used my Switch, it's just been in a uh, docked mode. So oh. I don't know. does it have a doesn't have a touchscreen. I don't even know because I've never used it that way.
1: And it's the least mobile game ever.
0: Yes. Uh, you've been demonetized. Says, are you gents going to collab with the Defining Duke? After Xbox E3, big fan of both yeah, podcasts I'm as looking. well as the Iron Lords podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, I sure, I'm sure people will want to do some collabs, and you know, if uh, Maddie or Cognito hits us up and was like, "Hey, come on the show," I mean, we're always we did we did Xbox Four with them, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, doing uh doing a show with Cognito and Maddie, Defining Duke is always a great time. So uh metal Morbo says hopefully xbox pc and battle net launcher merge uh Radiant blade who's been a member for 12 months says uh wait why are you guys on today what happened this is all strange <laughs> anyway i'm gonna play some <laughs> halo infinite pvp when is is the new stuff coming for yes it is odd we are here on a monday uh we didn't want to actually skip because jez was on vacation looking for xbox news up in the snowy mountains And we will still be doing a show later in the week. Hopefully there'll be more stuff to talk about, but we didn't feel right canceling two shows in a month. So we're here and uh, we're glad you We're glad here. Everybody's here as well. So if you guys are enjoying the show, make sure you hit the like button. We really appreciate it. Uh, The intern of war says, Hey crew, I wanted to ask a question that isn't new, but did we give too much credit for halo infinite to three, four, three at first? If re-reviewed, would you still like it as much as you did before? All right. Well, you know, that's a good segue to talk about Halo Infinite. Um, let's just directly answer this question, Jez. If you were to re-review Halo, well, you didn't review Halo in the first place. No, I didn't. I will mention, for posterity effect, that when Jez was playing through the campaign of Halo Infinite, he was loving it. Don't ever, don't ever let him say Bullshit. that he wasn't
1: enjoying it. Man, that, he that is not true. was Actually, loving it. Yeah, no, no, no. It. I did enjoy it. But don't say I didn't criticize the score. Oh, story.
0: no, no. I'm not saying you didn't criticize it. But let's be honest here, Jez. You, you remember be, you the beat that, score you I beat gave it? You beat that off? game. And like, yeah, you said. Uh, well, here's the thing. So Jez will sometimes be like, this is what I would give the game. But I'm not going to say it. And I'm not going to give it this because people will yell at me. So this is what I'm really going to give it. Right, <laughs> he does this all the time. I think originally you said you would have given Halo Infinite a five out of ten.
1: Well, it's 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 easy when I'm not reviewing it, right?
0: Yeah. Well, okay, but I, I know people have here. People here have been listening to the show for a long time. Like I know OBM's in chat. I I recall how happy you were when you were playing the multiplayer for the first time. How in love you were with the multiplayer. And yeah, then you, you're, not, you're not talking about that. What? i mean it's the whole package that, that, that right?
1: i like that i like the multiplayer but the thing the thing is right the that was the beta you know oh, okay. and I think I think, okay. I think I think i think i think there is an element when you're playing a beta it's like yeah this is a good basis for growth but where let's see what happens in the finished product right and i think that's how halo reviewed in general because people were like this is a live service we'll review it based on the initial experience and I think the initial experience was pretty damn good. You know, uh, I don't think anyone can deny that when the game first come out, everyone was being really positive about it. But the problem is when you play in the same map nonstop, because there's only two maps, it starts getting a bit boring. Hmm. And uh, I'm someone who primarily plays big team battle because I feel like arena exposes you too much to mouse and keyboard players. At least in arena, it's a little bit more chaotic. So, you know, I've been in I've been in maps in arena where it's like there's one person on the enemy team has a mouse and keyboard and they have like 50% more kills than everyone else now that's sure I'm sure like you can adapt to play against people like that but I never played Halo that way where it was sort of like I, I was forced to play against people with a mouse and keyboard so I just refused I didn't play arena at all so now I was playing big team battle which only has two maps and man I got bored really quickly with those two maps um so i went from really enjoying it to being really bored with it really damn quickly and then there was loads of additional issues of the game like server problems and then you know uh, problems with the progression not feeling worthwhile at all and i didn't engage with the progression whatsoever because i just i just don't care about getting a different colored spot and i don't really care you know like in in overwatch when you get a new skin it's like a completely new character. You know, it's like completely different design. But in Halo, it's like, meh, I don't really care about any of this stuff. It's It all looks kind of lame. You know, I, I'm not really interested in that. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I dro- I did enjoy it initially, but I dropped off pretty quickly. But um, the same sort of happened with the campaign. You know, I enjoyed the campaign and the, the opening was great. And then in the open world, I was really enjoying that too but it's still only one biome. So by the end of it, I was really bored of the one biome that you get. And I sort of, I was bored with the gameplay loop of unlocking the bases and then, you know, whatever. And then by the end, that was sort of layered boredom from the the one biome layered on top of the very bad story delivery, which honestly was bad. Um, I, I There was some great characters like the, I can't remember his name now, but the Atriox replacement, what's his name? dude
0: uh i forget his name too i'm not sure
1: yeah forgetting his name is probably not great for the game's memorability but i really loved the um the War chief guy it, i thought his character was really well done but the the story delivery and some parts of the story that happened off screen to try and bridge it with halo 5 i thought that was a cop-out and showed a lack of conviction you know they're trying to act like halo 5 didn't happen like these huge gigantic robots the guardians just didn't matter they weren't they were non-factor there was like one tiny little cutscene which talked about something one of the guardians did and i just thought this is just this is just really weak oh yeah his name's esherum yeah i didn't remember his name because it's so alien <laughs> it's just like esherum like that is hard to remember i guess but i thought esherum was great but the the way they bridged the story of halo 5 was just awful and then some of the Cortana stuff was also awful, I thought. So my, I did land on a score at the end. I thought I'd give it, I thought I would have given the campaign seven out of 10 by the end. And I was like, I was kind of mind blown that so many people had given it like nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10. Because for me, it was not a nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10 experience. But then again, I'm not a big Halo fan. So, you know, if uh, I don't know, t- say in chat, I'm going to put a poll up in a minute. Uh, with some with some score ranges what what would you give Hilo as a full package right now what would you give it out of 10 and we're talking about the story we're talking about i mean i
0: gave it i gave it an 8.5 at launch yeah you did yeah so i mean are you saying do you want me to re-review it now like because i think i think i I think there's well he was like well if you re-reviewed it would you still like it as much as you did before um probably i mean i don't really see me liking it less than i did in fact when the co-op does come out i probably will even like the campaign more simply because i think it'll be even more fun to play uh with your friends so the question is like you have the game at launch and it's this experience and now that launch is over and you're into the post-launch content how is the post-launch content like what would you rate post-launch content and i'd probably give it an I don't know, an F, a D, maybe, maybe at most a C minus. Right. Um, but then again, like I'm not he- Okay. So let me set up the context. They released the Halo Infinite season two roadmap and, um, people aren't happy because instead of it being three months, it's six months, just like season one. So originally when they announced Season 1. It was supposed to be three months, but then they launched the game and they said, okay, Season one's going to be six months because we need the extra time to, you know, figure stuff out. And it's the, it's the only one that's going to be six months. And then it came out that Season 2 was going to only have two maps, one arena map and one big team battle map, and that it was going to have three new modes. King of the Hill, which has existed in Halo forever, but now it's like we got King of the Hill mode, woo. Uh, You got Land Grab, and you got a Last Spartan Standing, which is a free-for-all survival game that people are calling Baby Battle Royale. I personally don't think it's a Battle Royale game because 12 people, each person has five respawns, and that that doesn't seem Battle Royale to me. I think the reason people think it is is because of the closing circle. Um, And then you get stuff like the co-op campaign is coming at the end of August, Mission select is finally coming. Yay. It took them nine months or 10 months to do campaign mission select, which is odd. And then, um, yeah. And then they said, you know, season three starts in like November and there's going to be a beta for forge. So people were like, when originally that information came out, people were like, "Oh, two maps. That's, that's not great. Like really? Cause I'm kind of sick of the current maps, but they're like, okay, so it's just only going to be three months. You know, I just got to weather the three months and then there'll be new content. But then it was like, no, it's six months. And it's like, okay, so now for a full year of post-launch content, you only gave people two months and a bunch of modes that already existed in Halo previously. So a lot of fans are upset. Uh, I would call Halo's post-launch support uh, so far uh, a disappointment. But as I've said before, my tastes lean more towards Battle Royale. That is my multiplayer of choice these days. And I am not coming back to Halo multiplayer until Certain Affinities' Battle Royale Warzone ish mode comes out. And we talked about it, or you essentially leaked it on this podcast uh, last week. Which I don't know if you saw all the articles, Jazz, but once again. Jez Corden's Xbox two podcast. I even saw Paul Tassie from Forbes say in a recent interview, Jez Corden said, (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know that this, the the Xbox two podcast is a weekly interview of Jez Corden, but apparently, (laughs) apparently, apparently that's what Paul said. Paul Tassi said in his article. So I feel, I feel, I feel seen. You know what I mean? I I, I like either way. Um, (laughs) so your information went viral it was up on gaming leaks it was up on the halo reddit dr disrespect was talking about it on his stream tim the Tatman was talking about it on his stream um do you have any more information regarding battle royale because you just said you you had some more and you were going to talk about it in the show have you I do. have you gotten anything more
1: I do have some more information. Some of this is out there. Like, there's a there's a bunch of like dedicated Halo fans who are like, they're data mining to get some of this stuff. So a lot of it is out there, and it's uh, out there because Microsoft put it out there. Frankly, if you know where to look for it. So um, what I've heard, and this is what they're testing, um, they're testing a sort of PvPVE kind of thing. There's going to be there's going to be sort of like, it is not a traditional battle royale. It's not going to be like a complete copy clone of PUBG, for example. It's not going to be like exactly a one-to-one clone. It's going to be like, I've heard it's duos and trios. So like, that's like Apex legend, right? Where you have yes.
0: like, Apex legends is three. Yeah. Trios. Yeah.
1: so it's, I believe it's that what they're testing right now is duos and trios. And it's sort of like a map. It's a big map. That sort of like it has shrinking circles like battle royale and it sort of forces you to move around the map and um it does like there's like different objectives and stuff like that like um you'll be able to catch uh forward operating bases for example and you'll be able to defend them and i have no idea how that plays into the whole like shrinking arena stuff but also it was interesting because earlier around you said you didn't consider having respawn tickets to be battle royale well, so I've heard is that... Um, I've heard that it does have respawn tickets as well. So, And also you'd be able to earn more on the map as you play. So there's a sort of like... There is going to be some sort of respawn revive mechanic, I believe. But also there's like... Also tickets that let you have like so many respawns. I have no idea how many. But there is like going to be respawn mechanics in there as well. So but this is all stuff that they're testing. So it could change towards launch. Um, and there's like a bunch of other aspects to it. A lot of it is like hard to lock down in terms of like, this is definitively how it's going to be. Some of it could be leftover code, for example, and in, in features that aren't going to be implemented. So it's sort of like hard to definitively leak some of this stuff, which is why I haven't put it in an article and why I'm discussing it here as rumors to take with a pinch of salt. Because I don't know for sure if some of these features are going to make it into the full game. Uh, like the truth TruthTeller says, is, is it more of a survival mode? It does sound a bit more survivally than a traditional Battle Royale, maybe, uh, for example. I have no idea how that's gonna, it's going to play when it's finalized or when it goes into beta or whatever. Um, presumably, they are going to do a beta for it. Because it does sound like Microsoft themselves are 100% sure about what they're gonna, how they're going to make this mode work. But it has been in development for two years, that much I know. And one of the one of the aspects in the design brief, it talks about bringing in people who aren't traditional Halo fans, like people who've never they're new to Halo, um, and uh, you know, they're, so that to me says they're looking for the battle royale crowd. You know, they're looking for the they're looking to pull in people like you know influencers like Tina Tatman and Doctor Disrespect, and the fact that they're all talking about it after I leaked it, you know, that to me says that is exactly the effect they want to have they want people to talk about it as a battle royale but they also don't want to be a complete clone of what's already out there because you know why why would you do that um so yeah it's hard to lock down some of that stuff but it does sound interesting what they're trying to do with it and um oh and also just to add some of the mechanics from halo infinite single single player are gonna, is going to be in there so like you know like halo had those side quests where it was like um go here and clear, clear a bunch of mobs or go here and kill a high value target for example mm-hmm. like yeah. the they evol- they're going to be in this mode as well like as a sort of evolving objective thing and i think you win by accruing points and also killing everyone else and stuff like that so but I, again, I don't know for sure if that's how it's going to play. So I'll take some of this with a pinch that of salt.
0: Sounds, that sounds like Warzone because Warzone was based on that. Yeah.
1: So it's it is the way it's often described amongst people who know about it is that it's Warzone crossed with Battle Royale. So like high value targets, clearing groups and mobs, killing players, spawning vehicles, at forward operating bases that you've captured, uh respawn tickets, and all that kind of stuff. That's how it's going to work. um as far as i know that's what they're testing so yeah i mean you've said yourself that you're not interested until they start bringing some of these kind of stuff back into it does that sound compelling to you with the pve stuff because you know like i say i'm not a Halo fan i mean i'd I'd have to play it but like
0: off the uh, like i'd have to play it to see but uh, immediately i'm not really happy with multiple respawns uh i wouldn't necessarily be happy with uh oh to win it doesn't you're not like necessarily the last person to survive but like you need the most points you know like yeah. so like i ha- i would have to go out and kill ai so I-, I guess this is like halo's version of a battle royale like they're, they're, they're halo fight it right yeah. but uh, I-, I do wonder i do wonder how other people would feel about it so i guess we'll just have to wait and see um yeah about it. We got a question in the super chat about it from Hey Blinken. Does Halo Infinite season two extended change the release date plans for Halo battle Royale season three begins November 8th. Do you think we may see it then? Cause as part of your original leak, you said that you heard it was targeting season three or potentially season four. Now it's season two being yeah. six months and basically ending at like the one year anniversary. Uh, do you, do you know if it's like, do you know do better do you have a better idea of like when what season it's targeting now or still just season three or season four, but you don't really know for sure
1: It's really hard to sort of lock that down um because of the way you know it's sort of vaguely targeting season three season four, but also I've sort of got like some of the milestones that they they were trying to aim for. And that looked like twenty twenty two at the end of twenty two was that milestone, but I don't think they're all, i th- also think there's like no hard deadline on it, so I think like if it's not ready, they're not going to ship it until possibly season four which is probably why they haven't fully announced it yet or there could be it could be just they want to save it for e3 because it's a big deal you know it's a big it's a big mode and um, a big ambitious mode that's been in development for a couple of years at this point so this could be the sort of thing they announced at e3 or they're not e3 or whatever they want to call it um, so I think the earliest you can expect it is season three you know because in the in their graphic they did they did say it would have new modes but I would have thought they would have teased it a little bit more strongly than that, considering the fact that it's basically leaked already, and Microsoft leaked it themselves through their you know APIs or whatever so um it's uh it's sort of like I don't know, let me ask you this question, assuming it's ready,
0: do you want to launch it in season three at the beginning of season three as a one- year relaunch of the game soft relaunch of the game? With Starfield just releasing and presumably Hmm. Modern Warfare 2 also coming out around the same time, would it be beneficial to avoid those games and maybe launch sometime like season four in March of 2023 instead of trying to compete for airspace uh, alongside a Modern Warfare or a new Call of Duty that everybody's looking forward to because it's a sequel to 2019? And a new, brand new Todd Howard IP that is going to be, I think, absolutely massive. Do you, I mean, what do you, if you're Microsoft and it's ready, do you risk it? Because, you know, like this is seems to be sort of like, you know, your next best chance of getting new people into the franchise. You got a 10 year plan, and right now people aren't really feeling the greatest about the plan because. They're not releasing a lot of content, and do you know why they're not releasing a lot of content? Have you heard the reasons why we we saw some report uh, from Jason Schreer or a tweet from Chris Raygun who's on Calm Mordiari's podcast who talked about uh one of the reasons why the games in the state it is is because they for half of the development they were an overwatch clone, which I knew to be true uh but Jason Schreer came out and said that like while they prototyped hero based uh modes and stuff that it wasn't like half the development and it certainly wasn't like half the budget that 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 was being exaggerated so what can you say about those things
1: yeah i mean when chris reagan put his tweet out i think the words he used was a significant amount of budget i had two people from 343 hit me up saying this is not true um, it wasn't a significant amount of budget. It was like prototypes that were being tested, and it was sort of like scrapped pretty early on. It was never meant to replace the core Halo gameplay or whatever. It was almost like it was just sort of. It kind of reminded me of how Gears Five threw it, like everything in the kitchen sink at the game. Like they had like the Left for Dead mode, they had the Horde mode, and they had like the main mode and they had the casual mode. You know, so it mode. kind of felt. Like escape mode yeah yeah so like they were they were throwing everything they had in the kitchen sink to sort of make the game unique and fresh and whatever and um and uh you know maybe it works maybe it didn't and they decided that it didn't work for halo which i think is fair enough and it's probably a good thing that they made that decision if it wasn't working personally i would much prefer the hero mode over the battle royale mode but you know I mean, maybe the minority there. I think it would have been cool to have, like, a stealth a stealth guy who's, like, the Arbiter or whatever, and and uh, I could see that working really well, actually. Like, a heavy with, like, with some of Halo's heavy weapons. But for whatever reason, it didn't. They didn't flesh it out, and it didn't happen. But um, that's not why the game's in the state it is. I heard the reason the game's in the state it is was because it was originally being developed on the Halo 5's engine and um two years before the, the the launch window they realized that Halo 5's engine was not going to be able to let them scale the game in the way they want to scale it so they basically rewrote the whole engine um or rewrote a lot of the code that was based on Halo 5's engine and that created a huge mess well what, um, isn't
0: that the slip space engine or is that something different
1: uh, I'm not 100% sure how that worked. So like, they had the Slipspace engine, but a lot of it was based on Halo 5 code, I believe, and they wanted to retro retrofit that code to upgrade it to make the game more scalable. And I've heard that's the reason development was a mess, because this new engine they made was not ready fast enough for developing the game at a crucial time where they need to develop it or whatever. So... That's what I heard. Don't know how true it is. I haven't put it in an article. But I heard that the engine was a plan for a lot of it. It sounds like it was a lot of things, you know. A lot of a lot of different things, factors going wrong. Obviously COVID didn't help. I heard that COVID dropped right in the middle of a crucial part of development, which requires a lot of collaboration. And because three four three and Microsoft was not set up for remote game development at the time, that hurt the game's hit the game's milestones, which had a cascading effect on other milestones and stuff like that. And um, you know, and um you know, it's like Darnell, Don, Darnell Hill in chat says, I like leaks, but some of the stuff gets twisted. And it's it's true. Some of the stuff does get twisted. And you can never, like, get a full picture of things without being a fly on the wall and hearing from all the different people on the team. And, you know, maybe some people have a different perspective. Maybe they think, like, the engine wasn't to blame. Maybe they blame a different team or a different aspect of the game's development, you know. So you always have to take these things with a pinch of salt, you know. Because... Um, the, the game development is complicated especially when you're making a game as big as Halo because as you know as as much as that was ex- at stake for Halo you know they were they were trying to desperately build up Xbox again and you know Halo's like the tip of the spear with that and probably line it up with the TV show and trying to build up this sort of multimedia franchise as big as Halo it's a really complicated process and there's a lot of cogwheels going on so you know, and pe- people, I really do feel like the industry downplays how much the pandemic affected development because they don't want to spook their shareholders and be like, "Yeah, the next two years of game development is going to be a shit show because of the pandemic really affecting development." You know, so that's the the state of Halo right now, and I kind of feel like I think Halo will get there eventually. You know, there's a lot of games that launch really bad and then they got better over time, and you know, they're sort of they get a sort of critical mass where the dev teams got gets into a flow and they've got the right employees they need and they've got the right tools and the right engine in place and the right code and stuff like that. You know, I I feel like that is, you know, uh, they'll get there eventually, you know, and Halo fans will eventually get the game they want and what they deserve, you know, but it's, uh, I think it's going to be slow. You know, I think season three is like six months out or whatever after season two, which drops in May, right? Mm -hmm. It's May. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have to bring back the Overwatch mode, man. Of course you would, because you, <laughs> you love Overwatch, Overwatch mode. So. It'd be cool, man. I could play play like the Arbiter or Robot or something or Heavy or one of the different characters from the game. Maybe they bring like some some of the dudes from... Because like uh, Halo Wars 2 had a bunch of heroes as well. I want to play Yip Yap the Destroyer, man, in an Overwatch Clone of Halo. That'd be so sick. um that is way more compelling to me than battle royale with warzone so i don't know but i know i know hero hero shooters are kind of like they've they've lost their luster a bit and maybe there's only room in the industry for one of them right now but
0: i don't know i would have it'd be interesting to see fans reactions to halo multiplayer as a hero shooter that would have been that would have been something to see because i can imagine a bunch of halo fans freaking out
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna write an article this week saying I wish Halo Infinite was a hero shooter oh, just god. to see how pissed off people get. <laughs> uh, I know like I know like everyone here will, like think it's funny and know that I'm trolling, but like the wider Halo fanbase will be like, oh my god, what's this idiot talking about? Uh, That'll be really funny, or maybe not funny. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll regret it for the rest of my life. But...
0: Uh, John TJ says I'm glad Xbox is getting Activision so we can get a Vigilante Nine and a new Blur Racing game. And a new prototype. Uh I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're probably not getting any of those. <laughs> so I don't know.
1: I could see prototype coming back.
0: I mean maybe, but definitely not Blur. Microsoft has yeah. Motorsport and Horizon. I don't think they're interested in a third racing franchise.
1: So mm. um z- what, was Blur's, what was Blur like? I never Blur was anything. kind
0: of like a car combat game. Uh, ish like you would um uh, it's kind of like Mario Kart but like r- realistic you'd have the cars and you pick up the power ups you'd race around oh, yeah. and then use the power ups it was and then the uh, Activision shut down bazaar and a lot of the people from bazaar went and formed playground games so
1: oh wow yeah maybe uh, they can do like a blur mode maybe Activision hon- owns a patent on it maybe that's
0: what they need to do before the Horizon 6 is has power ups that you
1: can use right yeah, um i mean that sounds more interesting to me. Man, I should just be Microsoft's game designer. Like Halo Halo would just be battle uh not battle royale. It'd be a hero shooter and it wouldn't have it wouldn't bother having a campaign because no one cares about Halo's story, right? And we'd also have, I don't know, Forza Forza Cart Racer instead of Forza Horizon. What else would we have? We'd have Gears of War having Halo's budget. Mm. You know, I'd be I'd be great, right? Everyone agrees, right?
0: No? yeah zfg gaming <laughs> says thanks for all you do rand and jazz love your work appreciate it um j primo says rand is a shill yeah i said that oh no what, what am i shilling for today you don't have to tell me j primo what i'm shilling for
1: i'm telling you what i'm shilling for manscaped yeah. get 20 percent off with code xb2 at manscaped.com <laughs> Oh, man.
0: let's see what else we got here um gold shill says uh Zertal, kerrigan lich king and killer instinct uh oh dude that'd be
1: so sick <laughs> lich king and killer instinct oh wow that's a dream mm-hmm. I, can't, uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't believe you put you put that out there because now i'm like oh my god i need that so bad
0: uh the oh, other john christ says going. we can't scream about champion we can't scream about and champion anti-crush and then turn around and complain the content pipe not being a fire, a fire hose. Uh, I Um, mean, yeah, Xbox three, four, three was definitely talking about priority zero, which is like, everything they do is about team health and not wanting to crunch. And that obviously is going to affect, uh, content, uh, coming to the game. And while it's great to see them not want to overwork their devs,
1: um, you know, uh, This this is the issue they've got. Like, if 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 like, say for example, I'm not saying this is the case, but say for example, you know, one studio does crunch, like Activision, and then Microsoft doesn't do crunch, then Microsoft is not being competitive with Activision. You know, it's 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 kind of sucks, but that's the way it works. You know, it's like if if once one company is doing something that gets content out there quicker, even if it sucks and burns out the devs, maybe it's like better in the short term, but. Microsoft's banking that it's better in the long term to not work your devs to death. And I would hope that is the case. But you know, this is a capitalist system that we, we're in. Oh, yeah, for well, people's
0: order. also attention spans are short, so I, yeah. I it's like I said There's in this It's like I said in this podcast, man, nobody cares how the sausage is made. They just want the sausage. And they want it the when sausage. they want it. Right? So a lot of people look at that. I, I don't view it this way. Let me let me say this. But a lot of people view 343's priority zero as an excuse for not, there not being any content. Hmm. Uh, you know, I don't view it that way because I know there's like the whole anti-crunch mentality going on at Microsoft where they want their devs to be... It's all about team health first and foremost. And if the content suffers from it, then so be it. But there's a lot of cynical people out there who want their Halo maps and they want to play it nonstop all the time and they're like, what are you doing over there? Are you just on vacation and, you know, not doing work? Uh, this seems like an excuse because those people don't mm-hmm. care. Those people don't care uh, about dev team health. All they care about is their own enjoyment and their own enjoyment is being impacted because the devs aren't working as hard as they think they should be working. Right they think they should yeah. be crunching to re- their to to meet their entertainment needs. And Microsoft is out there being like we're not doing that anymore in any of our studios. So, you know, but then I mean that's great and it's it's, it's probably helps recruiting and getting people to be hired on where you're like we're not going to crunch you. But at the same time, that does have consequences, you know, the video game market, especially shooters is very very competitive. And it, if you're not doing something some some other game might be so if you don't got content for halo infinite those people may just start playing other games and may never come back to your game so yeah. is the trade off worth it that's for them to decide so but i have seen that floating around on twitter and stuff like that so uh uh the scarecrow says, great to see you both on a Monday podcast and shout out to Rand for still not having a Patreon so I have to wake up early in Australia to give him money when you go live.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) I still haven't made a Patreon yet. Um, Maybe I should at some point. Probably should. Uh, Radeon Blade says, a free game that people want to talk negative about.
1: It is true that it's like sort of weird to bitch about the fact that it's free, but I don't know. Microsoft also wants us to play and invest in it at the same time, but it's kind of like <clears throat> I, I had this argument with someone in my team recently where they were saying like oh Overwatch sucks it hasn't been updated in forever and I'm just like well man I, I kind of feel like I got my money's worth I paid $60 and I've got like over a thousand hours in it like at what point is it okay for a game to finish in 2022 <laughs> you know and the, the dev team's working on Overwatch 2 now instead and that's why Overwatch 1 hasn't got as much content and I just kind of feel like yeah, I mean, it's kind of okay, you know. But I don't know, maybe I got the wrong mentality.
0: Um, and he also says, Halo Infinite is a games as a service. Did anyone here spend $70? No. But yet, you're all quick to complain. All free-to-play games start off slow and become bigger and more successful over time. Yeah. Like Apex or Fortnite.
1: I see both sides of it, you know. Because <clears throat> a lot of a lot of the sentiment is coming in from Halo 5 as well. Which a lot of a lot of hardcore Halo fans felt was a disappointment, you know. Um and they're they're sort of like Halo Infinite has to be great. I mean, I literally remember what I was talking about on this show that Halo Infinite has to really, really nail it or it's gonna be a crackdown three situation where it kills the franchise, you know. And I don't think quite we're at that that point. It's not a crackdown three situation by any means. But I do think there's a lot of that sentiment is like, we're owed something because you guys didn't give us Bungie anymore and the franchise has been bad since Bungie left you know i think so i think it comes down know. to is
0: people people want to be entertained and and you know the old saying is time is more valuable than money and people dedicate all their time to these games even though like you said halo infinite's free right and they're not happy because they want to keep on playing the game but the game is not having any more content so they complain about it and yeah it is free to play So it's like, do you have even a right to complain for something you didn't pay for? You know? And it's like, well, I'm not... Look, I personally think... Like, when Halo Infinite... When 343 came out and said Halo Infinite is going to be a living, breathing platform and it's going to be supported for the next 10 years, if you would have told me that in year one they would have put out just two maps and a couple modes that already existed from Halo 1, I would have been like... Nah, there'll be more than that. But that's what you got. So to me, I think the first year of Halo Infinite post launch support is just disappointing. Does that mean it's always going to be disappointing? No. Year two could be a million times better. And then nobody will be complaining because they're going to be getting exactly what they want. And it's true. Most life service games do kind of stumble with the first couple seasons because the devs haven't hit their groove, they don't know what people want. Or they're not sure of, uh, you know, like certain things, right? So most live service games go through that. But the problem is you're at, you're finally releasing your game and you're at season two. And while it is true, Apex Legends and Fortnite and Warzone stumbled. Apex Legends is now hitting, is now in its stride. They're at season 13. They've been through this, you know? Sea of Thieves, yeah, Sea of Thieves. First two seasons not good, but they're on what season eight or season nine or whatever it is. They got stuff figured out, so see, things don't exist in a vacuum. Your season two is competing against other games who have it all figured out and have their pipeline already with content, so it looks barren in comparison. Mm-hmm. But like Jess says, I fully expect them to alleviate those problems, figure out uh, what people want. Uh, whether or not you know they 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 answer those engine issues like jez was talking about but you know i think season two will be a lot better and every year after that will be even better or just as good Um, i say that but then you know i thought season one would have more content and it didn't but i've also mentioned that i'm not coming back until battle royale is available so None of this stuff really really matters to me, but I know it matters to a lot of other people. So
1: that's... I'm not coming back until they add an Overwatch mode. Of course not.
0: Um <laughs> George says thoughts on Xbox Japan building up. They have a senior producer for the first time since the 360 era. Killer Instinct, Bandai, Kojima, Tabata, who's Final Fantasy fifteen studio at E three. Um yeah, do you have any thoughts on Japan, Xbox Japan <clears throat> building up? Those? I'm actually
1: um I'm actually writing an article about this, an editorial feature for the next couple of weeks, like a big article sort of running through the recent history and all the hires they've been doing and you know the potential that's there. Cause Xbox is doing really well in Japan, like comparatively to how they have been in the past. There's still a huge amount of barriers to overcome. But it looks like they're serious about overcoming them. And like these hires they've been making obviously is the first aspect to that it's also because japan's become a, a more important market you know it's the the dev the devs the some of the studios over there have really been nailing it lately there was like a few years where things were a bit bad like you know thinking about like resident evil 6 that kind of era and um you know capcom had a string of flops like lost planet 2 and 3 for example um and uh and then they had like some major success stories with with uh, Monster Hunter and major success story with uh, Resident Evil Two and stuff like that, and uh, Seven Village and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I am doing a feature on this soon, and but it is kind of exciting, right? As um, someone who likes Japanese games and also likes Xbox, it's 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 been hard, you know. There is a lot of games wow. that were missing historically. There was also sort of
0: there is also a tweet from Matt Smith, Jez, uh, like five days ago. He tweeted out that my team at Xbox Publishing here in Japan is growing. We are working with top-class developers on truly groundbreaking product for Xbox. DMs are open, happy to answer any questions. So, you know, he uses the word groundbreaking. So they definitely seem to be, you know, putting more effort into Japan. and We see the numbers come in and Series X and S are doing pretty well there. Uh, well, it's, so... this is
1: this is like this links back to the Ubisoft discussion because a lot of the creativity and innovation is coming out of Japan right now. You know, like Death Death Stranding, even though like it didn't set the world on fire, that was a creatively risky game to make. Something that didn't focus so much on on uh, you know combat so heavily, or especially not violence and stuff. And it was instead very sort of narratively driven in an open world in a very unique sort of gameplay format. So you know that's ultimately what microsoft's looking for is unique experiences that it can put into game pass and get like attention for you know like assassin's creed episode number a thousand is not the innovation that microsoft really cares about for growing game pass and grabbing attention and grabbing headlines even though those games do sell well still and it's kind of like final fantasy like it's it's almost a brand unto itself and people will, there are people out there who just buy every single Assassin's Creed because they really like the format. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I think Microsoft, like, they're seeing that a lot of the innovations coming out of Japan, and they're hopefully going to be able to invest in that. And then the, the knock-on effect of that is that some of the games that historically avoid Xbox, hopefully will stop avoiding Xbox, like your Personas and and uh, some of the Square Enix JRPGs, like, um... I can't remember, it's cold now. The one Miles loves, Legend of Miles.
0: Yeah, a bunch of RPGs from 1993. Miles was <laughs> writing an article about, you know, I want these games from 1995 on my console. <laughs> I was given a bunch of know, crap man. for that when I was on Chatter Days. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jay Primo, he says, oh my God, I spent so much with Manscaped." Manscaped. See? People love Manscaped. And you will love Manscaped, too. Just try out their boxers. You know, get a lawnmower. Code XB2. That is letter X, letter B, and the number 2. At checkout for 20% off and free shipping. So, do it. Uh, The other John Christ says, people understand what crunch does to a person. Uh, Some people do. Especially the ones who've been through crunch. But I think the majority of people who play video games have no idea what crunch is. And all they want is their video games. They want their entertainment and they don't care how their entertainment is made. Um, so they don't care that, you know, they, they essentially want 343 to crunch because they want their content. So
1: huh.
0: uh, Xbox expansion pass. What's going on, buddy? He uh, He says, just saying hello and lending support. Hope you're doing well. Insipid ghost uh blinken says what if the halo battle royale main objective is the last man standing but the points allow you to use the fob to spend points on weapons upgraded shields and grapple shot upgrades that'd yeah, be interesting be
1: something like that yeah you know it's hard to lock some of this stuff down but it, it could be something like that I, th- I do know the points system and capturing stuff is going to feed into how how like how much you can summon like weapons and equipment and vehicles and stuff like that. So like you're incentivized to capture things, I guess, but it's until we see it for sure, it's going to be hard to lock down some of that stuff. So take, take everything that's out there with a pinch of salt, I would say.
0: Yeah. Ethan says, any idea why compulsion wasn't listed as developing their next game on unreal engine five. I I don't know what engine they're using for their next game. All we know is what Jez talked about the game, that it was called project midnight. Right, it's like Louisiana think, Gothic third person. I think they
1: are using Unreal Engine, you know. Well, they that kind of rings a bell.
0: Well, they weren't listed in the in that Unreal Engine uh presentation. They weren't they weren't listed with the other studios from Xbox who were using Unreal. The game,
1: the game ain't announced yet though, so maybe that's why. But I don't know. It's in um, well, technically in Exile's
0: next I'm game's not announced yet either. But they were there
1: that is true that is true so maybe they're not using it but i kind of feel like they might be using it because that's some for some reason that rings a bell with me i don't know if it's because they they now they've hired someone in that position or i've actually read it in a document somewhere but that ring that rung a bell. so maybe i think they probably are using unreal engine you know I, I, mm. i'm yeah i'm like i'm like 75 percent sure they are using unreal engine but i could be wrong so don't quote me on that just yet
0: yeah Uh, supernova says jez in one of your tweets about first person and a white wall of course it's close to the pt demo did you mean something to tweet or just nothing
1: Oh, he's talking about the 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 fog emoji oh the fog emoji
0: that you've been using yeah
1: yeah that was just because swift key for android got updated and added the new emotes and i didn't have that emote before i just think it looks cool it looks funny no i was not tweet i was not teasing anything i'm sorry Mm. I thought it's like because I'm going, I'm going up a mountain. Kind of looks like, you know, head in the clouds. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: <Flame laughs> says Xbox needs to open the checkbook with Capcom and get Monster Hunter Stories two and Monster Hunter Rise. They're great games and need to be on Xbox.
1: I'm so confused about those games. Like I'm, I don't understand why Capcom went from the success of Monster Hunter World and they just didn't bother putting didn't bother putting rise or stories on xbox that felt so strange to me it's like all playstation for that matter it was kind of like why not these grow the brand like why wouldn't you do this and especially like i don't know maybe they think because they're both low they're both lower fidelity they were designed for the switch So they've got like they've got their graphics are a little bit more cartoony than um um uh monster Hunter world which has sort of more photorealism about it so maybe they were nervous about doing that like maybe they thought oh they'll think it's a graphics downgrade or whatever but you solve that just by explaining it a bit you know and saying this was designed for the switch you know that's why it looks the way it does so i don't know why they've done it done that it it feels really strange to me that they did that Mm. um hopefully they'll come eventually or whatever but i think i think they've just decided not to for whatever reason and i think it sucks because Monstons of stories would be the perfect x game it's turn-based pokemon like which you know ex- xbox and playstation don't have a pokemon competitor and what do they do they put their pokemon clone on the platform that has pokemon so like it's just strange i don't know
0: uh charlie thompson but- says what are the chances we see the collisions ne- coalition's next game at the showcase in june
1: Mm, pretty high I would say I would guess what do you think Pretty I guess high.
0: It, I guess it depends on when it's coming out if it's coming out in 2023 then I expect it to show up at the show mm. uh, if it's not coming out until 2024 then maybe it's not there you know I'm just there's just something exciting about seeing a new project from the coalition like I know you're a Gears head and I know there's a lot of Gears fans out there and I'm one of them but I've always thought Man, what the co like? What could the coalition do if they weren't sort of chained I, to all the mechanics yeah. of gears, right? Yeah, and my imagination runs wild. You know, I kind of think like, oh, like because I I honestly think coalition is a stalwart of Xbox Game Studios. Like they held it down for Xbox last generation when. You know, they didn't have the greatest generation, Xbox in general, but the coalition was there. Like, Xbox leaned on them. You know, they did Gears Ultimate, and the next year was Gears 4. Then three years later, you had Gears 5, right? You know, you had Gears Pop and Gears Tactics. Like, they leaned heavily on that franchise. And I'm happy that they're giving the franchise some room to breathe because otherwise Gears six would be out this year. It's 2022 gears was on a three-year cadence and it's basically been a three-year cadence since 2006 when it first came out. Mm. So I'm happy that they're given the time uh, to maybe innovate and think of some things that could spice up the gears formula, but then breaking out and doing something different, whether it's in the gears world or whether it's a new IP I'm super excited to see whatever they're doing, you know? Because I, I think the Coalition are super talented.
1: They are. I mean, there's a reason, like, uh, Unreal, um, Epic Games chose them to make that Matrix demo. Um, So, you know, they are super talented. And it's going to be interesting to see what the next game looks like. But we also know very little about it. No yeah. idea what it could be. There was there was a the whole Star Wars rumor that they were going to make a Mandalorian game at well, one point. Well, they came out
0: and they basically shut that down. So
1: Yeah, they shut it down. But yeah, it's I just hope it's something I want to play and not like some sort of, I don't know, mobile-looking mm. narrative adventure game. You know, your kind of game.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chinakai <laughs> says, how willing are both From Software and Xbox and making a game together? Maybe bring back Otagi. Well, you know, Jez's coworker Miles Dampier wrote an article, like, or said it on a podcast last year, that there was rumors that From Software and Xbox are working on like a uh, sci-fi venture, a sci-fi game. But mm. I would imagine at this point, From Software is in probably high demand. Uh, they just put out most likely game of the year 2022, uh, probably the biggest game of the year outside of Modern Warfare, right? Like, when you think about it, Jez, like, what is going to be, like, when you look at, like, what games are the best selling, it's going to be Modern Warfare 2, but then it's probably going to be Elden Ring, right? Is theres there, yeah, there going to be, gonna maybe, be okay. maybe Starfield is up there, to, you know, if you had in, like, the PC sales and stuff, but you're talking about now them joining, like, the big leagues. So they can probably do whatever they want. Um, So do, do they want to do exclusive development again you know with xbox or playstation or they're just going to be happy just making a game and putting it on every platform you know i don't think they're going to be hurting for money Nope. so it's like yeah I, I, I don't know i just don't really see from software doing an exclusive with xbox um let's see what else we got here uh, never say never
1: because money talks but i i don't see it either yeah <laughs> um Okay, we need, to talk
0: about, uh, we need to talk about Xbox and uh, VG Charts and MPD and everything that has kind of surrounded this whole thing while you were searching in the mountains for Xbox news. Did you, did you see the drama, Jez? Do you understand I the drama?
1: See, I did see some of the drama, but update up, up, up us on said drama.
0: So uh, for the last couple months, um, VG Charts is a website that kind of estimates console sales now uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't like v g charts and think their numbers aren't close, so they don't use them for official estimates. Some people use them because it's like the only thing we have, so it's just like a point of reference and stuff like that, right uh but lately for this whole year, basically v g charts has had Xbox ahead of playstation which you know has not really sat well with PlayStation fans. Because you know, PlayStation was supposed supposed to beat Xbox two to one, and <laughs> it doesn't look like that's the case. Um, yeah, so they've been putting out these weekly reports, and they put out a they put out a tweet that basically said, "Hey, here's how the Xbox Series X is doing versus the 360 in the same time frame, right?" And it was like something like thirteen point eight million to something like nine million, right? The Xbox Series X was doing way better, and Aaron Greenberg, as well as uh, Josh Muncie from Xbox Marketing, retweeted VG Chart's tweet and was like, Thanks to the Xbox community for buying the consoles. Job's not done. We still got a lot of work ahead of us. You know, blah, blah, blah. Future's bright, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a lot of people were taking his tweet, uh, reading it many different ways. Some people, like myself, would read it as all he's really saying is that it's doing better than their best system ever, right? The 360 sold 80 million consoles. It was a beloved system, probably my favorite system of all time. Well, it's definitely the one I played the most. And to be ahead of the 360, you know, to Xbox is probably important, right? But then other people were taking his tweet as being like confirmation that the 13.87 million that VG Charts was reporting was the correct number. Um, And there's debates back and forth about whether or not that's true. People were calling Aaron Greenberg a hypocrite because he had tweeted 12 years earlier that, lol, VG charts, nobody uses it, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So people were clowning Greenberg for using uh, VG charts when in the past he said they were no good. Um, and then we got today uh, NPD results for March. And Xbox had their best March ever. Like, for any of their platforms, they had sold the most Xbox consoles since March of 2011, which was the 360 era, and the most dollars or the most revenue since uh, 2014, which was right off the launch of the uh, Xbox One. And that Xbox was, like, the leader in revenue for all of quarter one. So January, February, March and they essentially outsold PlayStation in that time frame. Um so what do you what do you think about all this? What do you think about the the VG chart stuff? What do you think about NPD? Uh is this a sign of things to come? Is Xbox actually closer to the PlayStation than people realize? Uh what do, what are your takeaways from this? Because
1: this is I think
0: quite impressive.
1: Yeah, I think it's um I agree with you that it's like it's not necessarily indicative that those figures from VG charts are hundred percent ac- accurate. What I've been told is that the trend is accurate that like they are trending ahead of the three sixty and that there is like really strong growth and that it's it's worth celebrating basically so I have no idea if their figures are completely accurate. I think a lot of people at Xbox don't really know if they're hundred percent accurate like probably only people higher up know the exact numbers because they don't share the numbers anymore with um, the shareholders or anyone else. And if you're going to share those numbers specifically internally, someone would probably leak them or they get leaked by accident or something like that. You know, if they're written on a, on a chalkboard somewhere or something like that. So um, while I don't know if those figures are right, the trend is obviously right. And you know, the it's doing really well. It's like the, the formula they've, they've got, with the cheaper entry point with the series S uh, making it easier to manufacture and also hitting multiple price points and also game pass being a sort of high value proposition. they've got a really good formula. It's very well realized and very well thought out and they're executing it really, really well. So, you know, it's cool to see. And hopefully that translates again into more, quality uh games from the sales and also hopefully it translates into additional sort of support from third parties like you know we talk about persona all the time and some of the games like that um but you know ultimately is um our xbox fans are eating good i think they will be especially when we get like activision blizzard on side and bethesda starts starts its releases and you know We end up in a situation where we've got so many games we can barely fit everything in. I think that is probably what's in the future for Xbox.
0: So, okay. I think Xbox wants to talk numbers. I think they are desperate to talk numbers. So even though I I said Aaron Greenberg's tweet really only means that they're beating the 360, I think Xbox is chomping at the bit to report console numbers. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's... Aaron Greenberg's tweet, I think, is is basically an omission of that. But the problem you have with them announcing console sales figures is for most of last generation and in the lead up to this new gen, Phil Spencer was out there talking about how console sales are not important or they're not the be-all end-all like they used to be. They're just one aspect of their business, right? And that even if they were beating the PS5, they wouldn't report console sales figures. I mean, these are like direct quotes. Um, and I think Xbox is doing really, really well to the point where Microsoft and their marketing team probably want to shout from the rooftops just how well they're doing. Because the perception is that PlayStation is 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 winning, and they're winning handily, right? Because X- PlayStation's out there, and they're given updates all the time they give figures about everything while xbox doesn't say anything at all and you just rely on vg charts so if there was some scenario where xbox is doing maybe just as well as playstation nobody would know outside of people who have the numbers and the public would just go on thinking that playstation is winning like they normally do so i think Xbox really wants to get out there and just tell people how great their product is selling. in a time when you don't even need Xbox to play Xbox games. I mentioned that before. You can play everything Xbox puts out on PC and yet it's outselling the 360. it's outselling the Xbox one. They haven't really had any games come out from any of their acquired studios. Uh, so they they haven't even hit their stride yet. You know, I don't even think Game Pass has hit its stride yet because it's waiting on first-party games. So you're in this scenario where, like, you, don't re- you haven't really put anything out, you don't need an Xbox, and you're doing better than ever. Uh, so I think that's quite impressive. I think Xbox wants to talk numbers, and I think they're sort of in this corner where they're between a rock and a hard place. Because if they do talk about hard figures, then the people on Twitter... We'll say Phil Spencer's a hypocrite, and Xbox is lying. And oh, you said all last generation that sales didn't matter, and now you're saying now that sales do matter, right? So if you do start reporting sales figures because you're doing good, what happens if you then you know you don't sell as well and you start losing again, and you stop reporting console sales figures? Because then it flips to oh, you're not reporting it because you are losing. So I think they're sort of in that rock and a hard place where they want to beat their chest. They want to tell the world just how good they are, but they can't because of (laughs) previous comments. So they do these roundabout sort of things to kind of maybe get the message across. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think, like, if if Satya Nadella said we should talk numbers, I think they'd end up talking numbers because I think that's what happened with Game Pass in the past. I think Satya Nadella was like, we should report this to the shareholders because the shareholders are ultimately the people who own the company and they they have a vested interest in this. But it's not just the shareholders when it comes to to unit sales. It's also, um, it's also game devs. Like, if game devs know that place, Xbox is a place where you can access the same level, the same audience, the same size audience, then that leads to, presumably, more support from third parties, you know. But I think there's, like, several compelling reasons to report those numbers, even if, you know, it exposes them to the Twitter mob, you know, because, um, you know, Twitter isn't the be-all and end-all, and, um, you know, Twitter may even... You know, cease to exist in the, <laughs> under under new management. So I don't think they should be beholden to noisy people on Twitter about whether or not they report on some of this stuff. I think they should just yolo it and just be like, well, you know, that's uh, that's um, going to benefit us if we report those figures, and we should do it. So, but maybe maybe they'll just be like, we don't need to report them right now. Maybe they'll wait for a bigger milestone to report them. But I can see them reporting them again in the future. You know, especially if they start really, really, you know, dominating. But I think I think one of the narratives would actually be like so Microsoft's bribing AMD for mm. access to silicon, you know. Yeah. And and they're they're throwing their money around. I don't I don't think that I think that's what the narrative would be more than oh Phil's a hypocrite. I think they'd be like, um It's not, it's, not, know, fair it's not fair, PlayStation cooking chips. They're they're being anti yeah.
0: yeah. Um uh, a couple super chats. Supernova says, "How is Avowed? Is she in good shape? Game of the year? I don't know. Have you seen any anything more of Avowed recently?
1: I haven't seen anything Avowed since was it last summer? Yeah, last summer. So it looked pretty damn good, even last summer, you know. And I presume that was like pre-alpha footage. It looked fun at least. So I'm presuming it's in a much better place than even when I saw it. And um I guess we'll see it at E3. That's the expectation.
0: Yeah, Dubs has been a member for ten months." says, how confident are you both about Certain Affinity's new IP for Xbox? And do you think Xbox should pick them up? I mean, they should definitely pick them up.
1: Yeah, I I don't think there's any question they should pick them up. Especially just given how much help they provide for Halo. Um, I have no idea what their new IP looks like. Supposedly, it's a Monster Hunter-ish kind of game. And um, I think that's going to be funny because the The reports are that it has a sort of stylized, cartoony art, kind of like that. Because um, Epic Games also has a Monster Hunter clone. What's yeah. it called? I mean, even Dainted, Monster Hunters, probably?
0: even Monster Hunter's stylized though. You know.
1: Yeah, but like, it's it's a little bit on the more photorealistic side. You know, like the dragons are detailed and stuff like that. It's not like it's not like Sea of Thieves. Sure, you know, sure, cartoony. But um. I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, but like
0: Dauntless, you mean, the epic game? Yeah,
1: Dauntless. Dauntless yeah, that, yeah. That's
0: definitely more more stylized. We'll just have to wait and see what the game looks like and how it plays. Hargeet Chani. Hargeet Chani, member for six months. How's it going, buddy? He says, Xbox could report milestones at the shareholder meetings, which is true, and that is tomorrow. Maybe yeah. Satya is just like, no, nope, we're dropping console sales numbers. You could say we've sold over 50 million consoles or something like that. And he also dropped a $5 super chat and says, To be fair, the ponies already said Phil lies and everything Xbox does is terrible. Don't think it should matter. Um, yeah. RDX Sun Fett says, Phil, buy Tunic Dev and make it a franchise. So, uh, some of the other things from MPD was uh, people have figured out at least the, the bottom range of the number that in March of 2011, they sold 433,000 units. So it's definitely higher than that. Some people speculated it could be as high as like 600,000 for the month, um, which would be, you know, pretty good. Uh, Well, actually really good. I mean, it's their best month ever and there's a shortage going on and they're somehow selling 600 consoles and (laughs) there's no games, you know, no first party games for a while. So, I mean, that goes to show you that, you know, people want the system. People believe in the vision, you know, and then has that cheap Xbox Series S, that's going to really play out throughout the rest of the generation. You know, you can't, you can't really, you, you may, the hardcore may be like that system's not for me, but for a lot of people out there, that cheap entry point is going to be, it's going to get more to not, and more important as the generation goes on. So I don't
1: see the, the cheaper entry point just being a thing from now on. You know,
0: one of the other it, things they mentioned Jez, was that Elden ring was number one again, and Matt Piscotella says it's showing an inverse decay curve or something, which is amazing. True he said it's you truly a blockbuster it? or something in his report. Um wow. uh the number one selling accessory was the uh series uh the Xbox Series 2 controller Elite Series 2, once again. Wow. So I'm telling you, man, like that they're of course gonna want to sell a series three at some point. Look how well the series two is selling. So it's like yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have another one, so I think we don't know the numbers of what Xbox is at, right? We know they're doing better than the 360. Um, I think the better Xbox does, that sorts of really highlights uh, a problem that PlayStation might have. Hmm. Meaning, uh, PlayStation last generation threw its weight around to get exclusive deals with companies based on the size of its user base compared to xbox so it made getting deals a lot cheaper for them than it would be for xbox because if, if if someone's coming to sony and they're like we'll sell you this game you only have to cover the losses we'd get from xbox from not putting it there well xbox was you know less than half right like playstation was beating them three to one or whatever uh and on the reverse side it was difficult for xbox to get deals because they would have to make up from the loss of all of playstation's user base now if the numbers are close you know then it'd be harder for playstation to get deals because now you'd have to cover for xboxes but now xbox might be have as many consoles sold as, as you right so the deals that they struck with square enix for final fantasy 16 or for spoken or whatever at the beginning of the gen, probably based off projection that PlayStation Five was going to just run away with this generation, they may not be able to pull those off, in and in as great qu- quantities as they were able to, simply because of uh, you know the user base differences. If the numbers are close to PlayStation, I guess we may never find out, or maybe we will. It definitely, that would definitely be an interesting day on Twitter. If it was revealed that Xbox was, like, right on the heels of the PlayStation 5. Yeah, it um, be. So, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, yeah, this Xbox job listing, Jez. People wanted me to, to mention it. Um, did you see this Xbox job listing for more acquisitions?
1: Uh, oh, actually, I think you mentioned it to me at some point. Uh, yeah. Remind me. Microsoft is seeking
0: a manager to help evaluate future acquisitions in the games industry. Um, It says the gaming strategy and development team services are the corporate strategy function for team Xbox. We partner closely with the gaming leadership team to identify and evaluate transformative growth opportunities. Our charter includes helping to answer Microsoft gaming's most challenging business questions, leading gaming's mergers and acquisitions program, Examples: Activision, Blizzard, ZeniMax, Double Fine, etc., and identifying and understanding key industry dynamics. Uh, so, yeah, what do you uh, what do you make of this? What do you make of uh, more job listings for more acquisitions? I, I think mean, that,
1: I think they're just not slowing down. I think this is like. They've identified a growth path, growth vector for gaming, whether it's on the development tool side. They added a load of announcements at GDC about developer tools and how many developers are using those tools. More and more devs are using, you know, GameStack for their live ops stuff. More and more games are going to need live ops stuff. So they're kind of like they're seeing it in like a, a one-two punch. I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft makes some acquisitions in the development side soon as well, like engines or oh, like the middle more middleware like they bought simply gone uh, a few years ago they bought havoc you know they're, they're not doing like even disregarding game development studios um and i think if this uh if this activision deal doesn't fall if if this activision deal f- falls through they're going to be back out there straight away looking for someone else to replace with that you know um because they've obviously identified areas where they're weak which is pc and mobile and they obviously want to be in a position where they can compete with you, you know the the rising threat from tencent and uh riot and stuff like that when it comes to that space so you know riot is um right an interesting dev because they have been like devouring microsoft's um or not not microsoft sorry they've been developing blizzard devs for ages they've talked a lot of their artists They've been growing Valorant nonstop and they ignore console completely, you know, like there's no Valorant on console and that presents an existential threat, frankly. If they're making games that don't even, you know, factor on consoles and they're just trying to bring more and more people to PC where it's an open platform, that presents, you know, a threat potentially to the console space. So blizzard is about you know making sure there's a balance there and that there's still games going to be coming to console and that there's you know there is all that stuff and i partially i think cross is a, a, a attempt to mitigate the migration from consoles to pc but hopefully there's a world where they can all coexist and um so if if the activision deal falls through and i don't think it will but if it does they're going to look for a similar dev who's got pc chops and mobile chops maybe a bunch of different devs, maybe ones that are less complicated to acquire. This week is supposed to be the, um, the uh, Activision shareholder meeting where they, they do a vote on the deal. Um, It's expected to go through because, you know, huge amount of profit. And I don't think there's any way Microsoft could, uh, Activision shares will return to that, their old levels without this deal. So any any investor with half a brain will be approving that deal, I think. Um, except for, like, there's, like, there's, like, one small act- activist shareholder group that is against it and stuff, but they have, like, 1% of the shares or something. So I think it's it's going to go through flying colors. I expect it, like, upwards of 70% or higher, probably, like, 80%. But, you know, um, there could be regulatory things that stop it going through. There could be, like, legal challenges. There could be, you know, politicians trying to make their name on blocking the deal and reining in big tech, quote-unquote, you know. And I'm sure this, this Elon Musk thing is going to also have enough impact. You know, I honestly think the Elon Musk thing is going to have an impact on uh, the way Washington views tech consolidation. You know, because they don't, they don't like the idea of they pro- they potentially don't like the idea of one one tech dude owning the most influential platform on earth. They probably don't like that, and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna keep feeding that narrative that big tech is bad, big tech is bad. You know, and that could that could hurt Microsoft's chances here. But I don't know some of that speculation. Obviously, I've I've got no experience ma- m- purchasing major companies, so take that with a pinch of salt. But I just think about possibilities and. I'm sure Microsoft's oh, very expensive lawyers are thinking about those possibilities as well.
0: Yeah, uh, achievement says uh, he's a member for eight months. Says you think Microsoft should be would be interested in acquiring a majority stake in Epic or outright buying Steam.
1: Yes, I think buying Steam would be a dream for Microsoft. But would it ever happen? Probably not. And not in this. Not in this
0: current climate.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a maybe there's a. A future where they could get they could glance the Steam, like with a different government in power. But I don't think right now they would have the regulatory clout to purchase Steam. And a majority, majority
0: stake in Epic. I don't. That's Tim Sweeney. I think Tim Sweeney still owns the majority. Right? He owns fifty-one.
1: Yeah, they'd have to buy out Tim Sweeney's stake. So that would mean like Tim Sweeney wants to retire and stuff. And uh, Tim Sweeney loves that company. Like well, that's the reason he's fifty one percent owners. And, and they ha- the
0: and and they've had investment rounds, so they've been opportunities for Microsoft to invest, and they haven't. Where PlayStation has invested heavily into Epic, yeah, uh, recently. So, yeah, Tim Sweeney would have to sell, uh, which won't happen for a while, if ever. So, yeah, I, I would imagine Microsoft would want to buy Steam. Uh, but I, I think like that would be looked at as a monopoly in the, in this current, you know, climate, uh, that probably would not be looked like. Yeah. That wouldn't fly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> toad pack. Shakir says the shareholder <laughs> vote already happened. It went through Activision announced today in their report. It passed both a- Activision and Microsoft. No, I, the, the shareholder or the shareholder, um, uh vote is on the twenty eighth. What was in the report was that it was approved by the Activision Board. Blizz- the boards of Activision Blizzard and Microsoft. Uh yeah. the board's different. So the twenty eighth is when they when when every shareholder has a vote of whether or not to approve it. So um what else we got here? Oh I want to talk about Xbox Summer Showcase. Okay. Um and I wanted to float out an idea to people out there to see what they... So, like, I think most people think of the Xbox Shimmer Showcase as coming in June. And it'll be like an hour and a half show, hour 40 minute show. And I think a lot of people think it'll be an Xbox and Bethesda combined. Right, Jez? Because that's how they did yeah. it last year. Mm, yeah. Um. I, I want to you know... Heard anything? Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> i mean no no you haven't no i haven't I, and you haven't have you
1: uh i don't know <laughs>
0: it sounds like you're smiling
1: <laughs> so you haven't heard anything no as well, as well. i'm just no, you haven't.
0: i'm just saying what if what, what if we're what if we're thinking of the Rand wrong that not heard anything yes. oh yeah yeah what, well, if, what if what if
1: what let's 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 hear one of your predictions oh
0: please this is not a prediction <laughs> I was just trying to get people's <laughs> thoughts on this. What if Microsoft yeah. does two shows in June?
1: Ooh, what if?
0: What if, what if they do two shows in June?
1: <laughs> yeah, what if? What if they do? Well, because me, because right. me, because me and Nick,
0: me and Nick were talking about it on the Xbox Era, oh, yeah. and yeah. I thought, you know what? You still need to edu- educate consumers hmm. that Bethesda is a part of Xbox, oh. right? Hmm. That's right. That's right. Uh, cool. Xbox hasn't released you know bethesda hasn't released anything for xbox hmm. yet yeah and he said well what if they did two shows hmm. what, if, what if they did a show in june on a sunday and it was your hour and a half long you know xbox show and then the next day there was a bethesda show separate Ooh. and the more i thought about it the more i actually like that idea Ooh. because as I was trying to think of what could be at the Xbox Summer Showcase, there's so much that could be there. But then you got to factor in like, well, you know, Redfall's got to get a demo, and so does Starfield, and man, I don't know, is there going to be any room for any other announcements from Bethesda plus Xbox Game Studios plus all these third-party announcements plus maybe a trailer for Halo Infinite Season 3 with the battle royale plus Forza. Like there just seems to be too much stuff they could have in an hour and a half time frame, right? Um. Hmm. but <laughs> talking to, talking to Nick about it.
1: Yeah. I yeah, was like, you know, know if they,
0: if they did a two, a, a, like a two, two shows, one for just Xbox and one for Bethesda, then that frees up a lot of different time. Ooh. Cause now you don't have to worry about a, a Starfield demo or a Redfall demo during the Xbox show. So you can actually show more things, right? Huh. You could, you could potentially announce more first party stuff or have more game pass deals, you wouldn't have to worry about that. And then Bethesda would have their own thing. And we already know that they're, they kind of Bethesda is sort of kind of being kept separate, right? They're, 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 they're kind of their own thing. And I think they kind of want to retain their, their independence in that way. Uh, so like, I'm the more I think about it, like I'm very much on board with this plan. if, it actually happens. like So now I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Two shows is best because we actually would get more bang for a buck. We would have two shows on two separate days, more things announced. You could have the Bethesda show and give a really good 20-minute in-depth demo of Starfield, <laughs> a 10-minute demo of Redfall, and then some other announcements that Bethesda is doing. And it wouldn't infringe on anything Xbox is doing
1: at their own show.
0: I personally am a fan of that idea. Are you?
1: Hmm. Huh yeah yeah it sounds really interesting
0: hmm, i'm glad what about what about what about <laughs> chat is, is is chat how do you feel about two shows how do you feel about uh an xbox show and then a couple days later a bethesda show are, are is that something you'd be interested in or do you want just one super show <laughs> why
1: why are you laughing like that i just i'm just happy guy are you just a happy guy i am a big fan of um Randall predictions personally it's not
0: a prediction it's just it's just a thought
1: oh oh it's just a thought uh, yeah okay i'm a big fan of your thoughts oh my god it's a really good thought it'd be interesting if it came true no
0: i mean it no it'd be cool if it was true
1: yeah it'd be cool wouldn't it
0: hmm uh drawn tj says i am against crunch but they can't use that excuse they had six year development in the season so far only two maps and three modes really they need to do better and uh flame Mm. says jez's reactions are killing me i hate you jez (laughs) so uh we got a bunch of people saying two shows uh someone says why not three two shows jack says one super show Someone else says one. Uh, B. Staple says just keep it one. Last year's show was the best Xbox show in years. Why change what finally works? Two. There's some people actually saying one, Jez. It's not just two. Mm. Uh, Sam Tolbert, our friend, says 100% on board with two shows. Redfall and Starfield need time to breathe. Plus, they'll have third-party stuff, presumably before the Motorsport and other Xbox games, Game Studios titles. But the shows need to be close together. Mm. Uh, Poochie's been a member for five months. Says Jazz, spill the damn beans, spill the damn beans, Jazz. I do like beans. Uh, M2L says Xbox needs to get the Steam Deck hype and support. So, I don't know why you make it. Why you assume this means this is happening? It's just it was. It's just like oh. a a thought I was have. Like because now it makes sense, you know.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, man.
0: Like last year, you know Xbox Bethesda together, but then this year, you know they've had all this time to figure out what they want, and pres- you know they're, they're gonna have more stuff to announce. So it's like, yeah, you have your Xbox show on a Sunday, and then the next day have your Bethesda show, and you can dominate the gaming headlines because people are gonna look at it but like, look at all the stuff that Xbox has. I don't know. I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting if it, it, it's super cool if that does happen that way. I agree. Uh, Hargit says, "I agree
1: with you, Rand. That would be super cool." Hargeet Buddy. says they've had
0: two shows last couple of years, so they'll do that. Don't know if they should separate Bethesda from Xbox, but I think Rand knows something. I don't know anything. No. And huh. what two shows have they had the last couple of years? I can't think of two shows. I think they've only done one. They did one last year, and they did one the mm. year before. Have they done multiple shows? Because they did one. Last year was one show. Oh, in 2020, they had two because it was like that April show or May show that people hated, plus the showcase for the launch. Hmm. Uh, and then the year before, yeah, they did XO19. Uh, so they've done multiple shows, but this would be like, you know, essentially two shows in the same week, maybe even back to back. Chris R says Is June the rough time frame for the show, or is that speculation? Uh, that's just speculation. I mean, you know, Jeff Grubb has talked about it being June. Um, So we're going to go with the E3 time frame, you know, the Jeff Keeley Summer Games Fest time. So I would imagine probably roughly the same time frame last year was. Although I wouldn't be against the idea of doing it in May, you know. So
1: I just want some news, man.
0: Yeah, that'd, that'd be uh... – oh well i mean they also yeah the paris one people are saying paris did the follow-up deeper dive the following day that is true i mean i totally forgot about that but i don't know i, I kind of really don't consider that a show per se at least not on the same level as like the main show but i get i guess what i get i get what you guys are saying yeah so um got anything to add jazz what do you what are you looking forward to the most at the summer
1: showcase Oh man, I don't know. It's I'm looking forward to finding out if there's anything that I don't know about. <laughs> um I want to see avowed in its sort of polished form because obviously I saw it in a very pre-alpha form. Um I'm looking forward to basically everything like a lot of the stuff that microsoft's working on right now are things that i am specifically interested in i'm interested in project balfrey That sounds right up my alley you know base building sort of action rpg narrative kind of game um that sounds really awesome to me i'm sort of you know there's just a lot of cool stuff that just sounds great um but yeah it's uh, it's going to be interesting because I wonder if they're going to announce launch dates because a lot of people are kind of like tired of waiting and if Microsoft's going to like announce games that are you know really far out um, it sort of kicks the ball down the road again I think people want to hear about games that are coming out towards the end of 2022 and maybe earlier in 2023 just to give us a roadmap and stuff like that Um but they do have both Bethesda and Xbox Game Studios. And there's a load of projects that Xbox Game Publishing are working on. And also, Ram, we forgot to mention that they announced the cloud publishing division, like a whole separate division dedicated specifically to games that work across platforms and are good for streaming. Um, so maybe we'll hear something from them. I don't know. Um, a lot of the projects that I've been leaking are stuff from ages ago, you know. So there's gonna be like new projects that they've got on board recently, maybe stuff that's further along for development and that kind of stuff. It's really hard to say where it could go. But... I think
0: people want years at least years slapped onto something, right? Yeah. I think people wanna see Hellblade two and then have it say at the end twenty twenty three, or say avowed and then have twenty twenty three at the end to at least know what to expect, uh yeah. when to expect it. Like, you you got away with not having years on your stuff in 2020 at your showcase when it was all CG, and it was all... None of it had years, right? Except for Halo, which ended up getting delayed anyways. So, I also kind of feel like, yeah, what people want is probably gameplay of a lot of these titles, and they want to know when, at least what year they should expect a lot of these games to release. So you know if they provide like here's what's th- coming this year and here's a look at the gameplay and then here's what you can expect from xbox in 2023 and it's a, a decent clip of games i i think i i think people will love that personally um drawn tg says uh tj says i want to see hellblade 2 and stated k3 and fable uh, do you think stated k3
1: gonna be there jess you think <laughs> State K3, it might be too early for State 3, unfortunately. Fable? Fable, again, maybe too early.
0: I mean, they just did show off Hellblade 2. they show it again?
1: Again? Maybe that's like the Game Awards thing they like to show off. Mm. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say, really, because they have been so quiet and not really fully blo- full blown hinting anything it's really hard to sort of put a sort of amount of guesswork in. I think the only one we know for sure is probably avowed. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, I'm, I think Forza Motorsport. I, I think Forza Motorsport would we'll be there, but yeah. Um, yeah, Batnab says, if Microsoft doesn't show a lot of gameplay, we, we, we riot. <laughs> um. You know what? uh, That's what I want to see. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, hopefully it gets announced somewhat soon. We are almost in May. It's supposed to be in June. So maybe one of these weeks soon you'll wake up and see a Rand video, which I actually want to make some videos again. I just need something to actually talk about. So look for those soon. Uh, And with
1: that... To make sure, man. Like, uh, I'm doing doing a lot of the next week. I think everybody
0: knows my opinions about stuff. We'll see. We'll see Jez. But with that, I think we've come to a good stopping point for the show. If you guys have any questions, make sure to put them in chat and we will do our best to answer them. Thank you guys so much for being here on a Monday. We had over a thousand people, which is incredible. You guys are amazing. One of the best chats out there. Thank you for all the support. Uh, Hit the like button on your way out. If you're listening to this later on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, uh leaving a review helps tremendously whether you want to leave a five-star review and say it's the best xbox podcast ever or a one-star review and say Rand sucks and a shill then so be it uh (laughs) but leaving reviews help um so thank you so much for everything you guys do and don't forget manscaped code xb2 at checkout uh people seem to love the boxers so maybe try those uh zid says two shows first ends with starfield trailer and then gameplay tomorrow i could see that i could see that happening you show off like a two-minute starfield trailer and says tune into the bethesda show tomorrow for for uh in-depth gameplay i think that could work um see we got any questions here jez Oh, doesn't sound like Jez is here anymore.
1: Oh, I am. Uh, questions. We got one questions. from
0: Face who says, PS5 finally got VRR this week. Indeed, I did see that was announced on Twitter. Uh, VRR is amazing. And I love it. And I think, what did they say, 14 games are currently using it on PlayStation? Or something yeah, like that? I leaked that.
1: You did? I'm a PlayStation leaker now. <laughs> you have a TV with VRR now, right? Yeah, I do. I'm actually using it right now. Isn't it amazing? Cool. It is, yeah. I'm like <laughs> like I remember thinking like, oh man, why would you ever need more than 60 frames per second? <laughs> and now it's like you can, you can seamlessly switch between 60 and 120 on Overwatch and it's like, wow. Over 120 is like I can't even go back to 60 frames now. Yeah, and, um
0: uh... Darren says, "If the Activision deal goes through, do you think we'll return to the glory days of movie-tying games?" Uh no, Ooh. I do not think so.
1: Well, aren't they aren't they working on a avatar game? Who's who's making that? That's am I going see, back?
0: Ubisoft? I believe working on that.
1: Oh yeah, Ubisoft. Okay.
0: All those movie tying studios are basically all working on Call of Duty at this point. And I think, as Jazz always said, margins on those licensing is an issue. Yeah. Um. So no, I don't really see a return of movie tying games. And most of those movie-tying games weren't good anyways. So, um, hmm. what do we also we got here? Fuzzy Belvedere, what's going on, buddy? He says, any ideas if Deathloop will have DLC when coming to Game Pass? Jez, any idea?
1: Yeah, I think, like, when Deathloop, and, when Deathloop and Ghostwire come to Xbox, I'm expecting that they will have some kind of upgrade attached to them. Whether it's, like, new features and new systems or new areas and new stuff to do. Because I know this is one thing Microsoft likes to do is when, when a game has been exclusive to PlayStation, they often, like, try to sort of sweeten the deal to be like, yeah, this uh, this has, like, extra stuff in it now that it's coming to Xbox, you know? You know, it's like if you go back and look at some of the indie games that hit Xbox after the fact, they had, like, some kind of extra DLC or something to sweeten the deal. So I think Microsoft will also add that as well.
0: Um, what else we got here uh, Gary says if you could choose where the next Fallout game will take place where would you want it to be Chicago Fallout Chicago
1: Fallout Chicago yeah, yeah. I
0: want to be able to walk through my hometown in the post-apocalyptic future I would definitely really enjoy that I did see that supposedly the new Need for Speed is set in a fictional Chicago that, oh. that makes me immediately interested in playing that game
1: that's interesting i would like um i would like it in britain because mm. all the fallout games are in america i think off the top of my head it'd be nice if there was one that showed what the state of the world is like beyond america now the game the fallout games are always sort of america 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 yeah but i would love to see one like in london or something showing that london blown up that'd be interesting
0: uh, Justin says, Jez, what are your thoughts on Roundhouse Studios' rumored Planets of the Apes game?
1: Uh, that's interesting. I've never actually watched Planets of the Apes. Have you? Yeah, it's really, like the
0: Apes. Yes.
1: Is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've never seen it. So, Well, they're from, the, from
0: uh, the last two Planet of the Apes movies are from the director of the Batman, Matt Reeves.
1: All right. I did not know that. That was a great movie, by the way. I watched that. Did Me we either. talk about it on the show?
0: No, I watched it on HBO Max and I loved it.
1: Oh, yeah. I watched it in the cinema a few weeks ago and I thought it was probably my second favorite movie beyond the Dark Knight.
0: It's funny because I... because I was talking to Zalker and Zalker says that movie's awful. I just laughed at him. I'm like, imagine that like in the what? Batman. <laughs> no, Zalker said the movie was stupid. I'm like, imagine that like in the Why? Batman, Zalker. I don't know. What was stupid? Because Zalker, cause Zalker thinks he's some comic book god who knows everything, who knows more than everybody else about stuff.
1: Oh, man. I've read, like, I've read a bunch of Batman comics, but it's, it's always about the movies for me. I don't know. And also, Batman Animated was so sick. Yes. Even, even like Batman Beyond was so damn good. You know what's weird, though, by the way? What? In the UK, Batman Beyond was called Batman of the Future for some reason. Interesting. I have no yeah. idea why. It had a different name. but <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. That was really strange, but... Again, it's uh there's a lot of weird licensing issues with uh Batman. So maybe that was why. I don't know.
0: Um Yes he, he says Roundhouse Studios is making a Planet of the Apes game. Is that new information? Or is that just I have no idea. Because then nobody knows that. what Roundhouse Studios is making, so um JK G- GKN says, uh talking about IP growth, what do you think about Microsoft getting IPs like Final Fight, Golden Axe, Berserk? <laughs> A heavy combat narrative, mature Ninja Turtles game, and an Afro Samurai.
1: I'd love to see a Berserk game, but honestly, Microsoft is not the right publisher for this. Mm. Berserk is like hyper violent, and Microsoft—if you notice—a lot of Microsoft games are humans versus monsters. They don't really like humans versus humans because you know, then it's sort of it's it it it's sort of it's a new level of violence when it's humans versus humans, and um. I know Guts fights a lot of demons, but there's also a lot of people killed in those spots. So, um, I don't think Microsoft would make a good Berserk game. I really don't. Um, But, uh, that being said, there's like... People often talk about like, Microsoft should buy IP and stuff and revive them. And they are getting a ton of IP with this Activision deal. And Phil has talked about reviving some games. Like, he talked about Skylanders, I think, specifically. Even Guitar Hero and stuff like that. So... I think that'd be really cool if they did revive some of that stuff, but will they, I guess we'll have to only time will tell really
0: yeah, Is your controller going crazy or what?
1: Yeah. Sorry. I had it on my desk there. I put it down. <laughs> I imagine the rumble went crazy.
0: Um,
1: but, sorry about that. We
0: have a question from the truth teller jazz. Anything new regarding the Xbox Kojima deal? Just is it just that initial planning stages? Question mark.
1: I this was always Jeff Grubbs' information. I never had a shred of information about this Kojima stuff. It must have been like really top secret, or just in a sort of a place where I couldn't access the information. So I have I have literally no information about that. Never heard anything about it. So the um, best person to ask about that is Jeff Grub.
0: Hmm. Uh, Spike says, "Want Microsoft to do a modern Blades dashboard for the Series X and S? A lot of people want like a different dashboard especially the blades i always hear the blades will come back blades could come back you know
1: yeah i do hear about the blades a lot and if you notice the start menu is so, sort of a callback to the blades the way it's sort of it's sort of lay, layers and stuff that they, they, they specifically referred to the blades when they were designing that so i don't think the blades will come back but i do think they've probably seen a lot of the memory about it needing a more i don't know streamlined appearance people want to see more of their background you know and it's like if you have like animated backgrounds and you can't even see them then what's the point you know so i hear that criticism a lot and i put an article out recently you know to you know amplify some of those criticisms people have about it which i think are pretty valid so i think they will be doing something as exactly when they'll be doing something it's really hard to pinpoint you know
0: yeah um what else we got here? Uh, John wants to know if we think min- Machine Games' Indiana Jones game will be first or third. I don't know what it's going to be, but I would definitely prefer it if it's third person. That's, that's what I would want. Um,
1: I have no idea on that. I imagine it is third person because you want to see Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. It'd be weird if it wasn't first person. Plus, you I think know... I Chronicles of Riddick was first you person.
0: Like, kind of want character. Perfect Dark to be third person, but they're doing first person, so it's kind of like third person is indiana jones kind of just yeah to me it's like indiana jones only really works if it's third person right yeah um rdx on the fed says scoring an Exomecha at game show maybe uh who knows i mean i don't know if mi- microsoft usually doesn't want to like showcase the same sort of games at the shows so there might be extra stuff so i don't know it's I personally don't want to see Scorn or Mecha at the shows again. We've seen them enough. So, new stuff please, personally. Yeah, uh, I agree. Let's see here, what else? Um, Dio Game says, does the contractor problem affect non-343 Xbox Game Studios? I, believe... I haven't been
1: able to get good information about the contractor thing. Um... I believe that's like a Microsoft wide thing, is it not? Yeah, it sounds like a Microsoft white thing, but at the same time, I kind of feel like that's really strange that they'd be that inflexible because that seems like that seems like counterintuitive in a big way. But I would I would have thought. So, I wanted to I wanted to confirm that, that was actually a thing before I commented on it, but I haven't been able to, so maybe it is just a thing, I don't know. I'm going to ask some people about that.
0: um let's see what else we got here i think i think that's uh i think that's it that's all the questions this week so uh thank you guys so much for tuning in this monday we will be back with another show this week so two shows in one week with hopefully a lot more to talk about uh you guys are you guys are amazing uh and uh we'll see you in a few days i guess so uh, have a good rest of the day and a good rest of the week and keep it gaming Keep gaming, guys. Later.